I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Podescu Podcast is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. I'm Rob. I'm Nick. And I'm Joe. I love it. I think it's kind of meh. And I've never seen it. We're keeping up with the Cardassians. A podcast covering seven seasons of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. But that's not it. We go down the wormhole of pop culture, life, and Garrick. New episodes every Monday. On your favorite podcasting platforms. You can also interact with the show on Twitter at CardassiansPod. And just like the Ferengi, we can't wait to stroke your lobes. Potaskew Podcast, I am CJ, and with me as always is my hetero light mate, Rico. What's up, man? You know what the difference between you and me is? I make this look good. No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> What's going on, brother? That was nicely done, by the way. I was debating about using that as the ending, the final words, but I don't know. No, no, I, yeah, I mean, who knows? We, yeah, so, anyway. I, it'll probably end with me going, ha, 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 you know, that, the, the micro shitty Will Smith impression I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, what's going on, brother? Uh, just a fucking, it's been, you know, getting back to home made me realize I need a vacation. Dude, I no offense, but I kind of felt that way about coming home from hanging out with you. Right? Like, I had fun. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's not that I did not enjoy my time with you and staff, but, like, I got home and was like, fuck. Yeah, you come home and you're, I mean, like, not to get super deep and real, but, like, all the problems that, like, I just kind of left here yeah. came back full yeah. force. Yeah. So I'm like, but- I'm just overwhelmed with drama if if i had one complaint about hanging out with you guys is i think we did too many things like i would have liked one or two more days of us just doing really nothing than we had but that's not it's not to say i didn't enjoy the time we had but i would have enjoyed another day or another evening of us because one of my favorite memories of the entire trip and it's not to say everything else sucked was like the last the last night I was in, not the last night before I got back on the plane, but I guess that, like that Friday where uh-huh. we got done get vocal and just did nothing. And then Saturday we kind of chilled. We went out to Rasputin, but that wasn't really like a thing, you know, and it was just good times, you know. I mean, we, we still, I mean, there you're right. There was a day or two where we just kind of like, fuck it, let's just hang out and eat. Well, even if we didn't eat, like just, you know, because we watched, I think that day we watched 
it was either that day or within that 24-hour period, we watched When Harry Met Sally and Ghostbusters. And just Ghostbusters kinda... was the day before, was the night before you left. But we saw When Harry Met Sally and, like, Pirate Radio, I think, in the same day. No, Pirate Radio was definitely the day before. I, I okay. Yeah, I remember that. But anyway, the point is it was just us hanging out. We weren't really doing anything. There was no plan. It was just, you know. Anyway. Oh, but... yeah. I, I See, I enjoyed doing nothing. So do I. That's what I was looking forward to. And then we get there, we had like 20 different things to do. It's like, fuck. All right, well, let's do it. To be fair, we we also added a whole bunch of stuff that we didn't do. Right. We're like, all right, let's let's record about this or let's do this thing. Yeah, we planned on doing like multiple recordings. I brought all the equipment. We did like two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we we were very ambitious and then we're just like, fuck this. uh, By by Friday, I was wore the fuck out, dude. No joke. I was like, (laughs) so anyway, none of that's a complaint. I, 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 I'm glad we did what we did. And honestly, I think, I think a big part of it though, if I was to, place blame and i use that term incredibly loosely is michael because honestly i didn't he made more time to hang out with us than i think either of us had anticipated so that you know that shifted especially like that wednesday very differently than i think either of us had envisioned you know what i mean so i think even if you took michael out a lot of our plans changed like dramatically like oh yeah it, yeah. it's just oh well, like i said that's why i said it was loose because i'm not but like if if he hadn't taken that day to hang out with us and do the thing that we you know going out to the city like we talked about already on the show you know it probably would have been the drive that we talked about drive over drive back we would have been back by like eight o'clock at night just doing nothing you know as opposed to getting in it like what like two in the morning or whatever ridiculous time it was that we oh it wasn't in. that late it was no, it later wasn't. than than anticipate you it were was, like we'll be was, back by 8 30 and i remember looking at the clock and either you know we ain't going home anytime soon you know it was something like midnight 11. it was like 11 to midnight was, somewhere in there 11 yeah, to yeah. midnight but it, yeah it wasn't two in the morning it was still it was still later than we had it wasn't definitely eight, i agree definitely than we, we had anticipated but anyway that's that's a whole different thing and again i don't want to make it sound like a complaint because it certainly is not it was more of just a, a an observation but I'm not gonna lie though. You you have said I'm not complaining, but then you proceed to complain. Like, well, no, I don't because it's not. No, no. If I'm complaining, motherfucker, you'll know I'm complaining, and that's why it's. I know how it sounds, but it's that's why I preface it that way. Would you so. like me to neuralize you so you <laughs> could have a fresh start on a trip? Like, yeah. Um. Speaking of neuralizing, that's we are here, kind of doing. What we realized coming into this one is the we we ended up doing an impromptu trilogy of our own on buddy cop films mm-hmm. because we we did Rush Hour, then we did Bad Boys, and now Men in Black. Men in, yeah, uh, Men in Bad Boys. Men in no, that doesn't work. <laughs> no, not at all. But, but nice try uh, there. Yeah. Men in Rush Hour. <laughs> Men, yeah. Uh, Rush Hour in Black. No. Uh uh Black Rush. Uh bad bad black rush just yeah. sounds like a really bad black like hour. John, <laughs> just like it sounds like a John Singleton movie that yeah, never was I, Yeah, no 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 none of us, yeah. Anyway, so yes, we're we're gonna talk about Men in Black tonight, which is technically the only one that's four movies in the series, I think. Yeah. As of as of now. As of now. Um 
Well, or you could look at it as there's the three, and there's that one. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on how you view it. I mean, yes, it's not mm. the same. If we're talking about, you know, the buddy cop, it's a different. But see, only two of them are officially the same two people, if you really think about it. Because. Oh, well, I mean, it. Same two characters, but yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I mean, there's there's a whole, you know, different actor playing the same character. but For like, the bulk I, of the film. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, did you see what Tommy Lee Jones looked like in that movie? No, I, I, I get it. And I'm not I'm not finding fault with it. But I'm just saying, like, if we're talking about technicalities here, that's all I'm saying, you know. Fair so, enough. Um, uh, so what what before we even get into, like, critiques and shit, how do you <laughs> rank them? Um, I've been thinking about that. It's it's I'm I'm struggling with it. I can tell you this. I'm I I, I know for a fact I think three is my favorite, without question. Really? I love three. And that's not mm. a shot at Tommy Lee Jones because I think he's awesome in the first two. I really do. I think Josh Brolin fucking nails it though. You know what I mean? I, like I do agree. even if you don't like Men in Black Three. You have to acknowledge that that uh, Brolin does an amazing Tommy Lee Jones. Without even like it's because I wouldn't even call it an impression. It's more of an interpretation. You know what I yeah. mean? Because there's still enough Brolin there to say that that's Brolin. But you know, there's enough Tommy in that as well to to make it believable that he would be the younger version. Of Tommy Lee Jones, you know, you you could tell that like they definitely got along, or or late that uh, Brolin perfected his impression while working with uh, Jones on um, uh, No Country for Old Men. I, yeah, I mean that's possible for sure. Yeah. So it, it the point is, I think I think it, and I, I I like the story. I like I like the the way it all plays out, the way they even tie it back to the first one very nicely, in my opinion, you know, um, or at least it doesn't. It, yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, we'll get into it, but yeah, I find I think they find a way to tie it back to the first one pretty nicely, in my opinion. And then, um, you know, so there's that after the, after the third one though, it's hard for me to rank them. It really is. Like I, I struggle with it. I, mm. I suspect I don't hate the fourth one as much as you probably do. Um, or I wouldn't it... say I hate the fourth one. I just, I, I understand what they were trying to go for. I just have, I don't know. I just have some criticisms, um, but finish the raking. Tell me what you um, think. So, all right, three. Three and for sure. Would... And then it gets really kind of muddy because I don't think uh, I ha- I like any other one. like I, it's hard for me to rank out the other 3. I enjoy them all equally for different reasons. Like, you know. Uh, yeah, I have a, I have a way easier time ranking it than you. Yeah, well that's fine, but I no, cuz like like in, in 2 I can find certain things I absolutely love about it. Um going into it I expected it to be a 3-2 Three, two, four, one, kind of thing, and then watching them all again, I expect it, it ended up not being that. It ended up being a little muddier in the after the three. Like three is definitively the one I like the most. That I can say. But I would go one, three, two, four. Okay. I mean, I I I love the first one. I'm not saying, but that's the thing. That's why I'm saying there's muddiness. I I don't 
have a fundamental problem with the first one. But I have trouble separating it from maybe the second. Because there's aspects of the first one I love. Like, especially, I know it sounds stupid, but I love when Jay is not an agent yet. When he's still just James. And watching that transition when he goes from James to Jay. I, yeah, you and I both like those origin story type things, especially what shows them like... It depends, because we've both said that we've had enough with Batman and enough with Spider-Man. But, yeah. but, that, but uh, okay, excluding those, we, we do like to see like a character progress, get their gadgets, get their fucking... Yes, because you know, we both like Batman know. Begins better than Dark Knight, although we both acknowledge it's the better film, you know. Right, so. you know, but like... You you're not a big Bond guy, but like I've always said, like yeah. some of the best parts for me was when like Q was giving Bond like a new gadget. Like sometimes sure. the gadgets got a little ridiculous, but you can't help but see Men in Black and be like, these are a lot of these are weird gadgets, like straight from the Bond films. It's right. just alien esque. Right, which I think is why I can accept it a little more than I do the Bond stuff because it's set to like alien craziness you know as opposed to like bond is really supposed to be real world-ish as messed as possible you know yeah until you think about it yeah i'm with you yeah so anyway um well where did you watch these in order over the years no yeah i saw i saw one in the theater so one holds a special place for me because i saw it in the theater i was with somebody i genuinely cared about at the time and we saw it together and you know um there were lines from that movie we used to quote to each other from time to time and sometimes for no reason sometimes for reason like one of her favorite lines is when will smith jumps into the top of the double decker buck and goes it just be raining black people in new york city you know you know like you know he he had lived that oh i believe it I believe it, and that sounds like a whale line. It's like, and oh, yeah. I think that's hysterical. And I, like, I always was a big fan of, uh, even though it doesn't logistically, it doesn't lock up. But when he, when he would be say, um, NYPD means I will knock your punk ass down. Like I, I think that's a great. Although it does, if you think about, if you really think it, about it, it doesn't work. But whatever, you it know? works, but it doesn't make sense. But I'm, yeah, I'm from a you. spelling perspective, it doesn't work. But right. yes, Grammati- yeah. uh, grammatically. It, it really drives you nuts, but, like, it's still but a funny-ass line. Right. You know what I mean? And, like, I, you know, I, um... But this I, is I'll, coming from the guy who fucking created the word jiggy, so... Right. You know, so, you he's know, allowed to fucking bend a little bit of... For uh, sure, grammar. for sure. And so, like, you know, there's lines like that in the film, you know. Um, the other one about... The one that she was another huge fan of was the... Um, you know, let me tell you about all your skills. They mean precisely dick. She fucking mm-hmm. loved that line. She had a th- I'll tell you this right now, and not to get off on a thing, but she had a fucking thing for lines that had the word dick in it. It occurred to me when I was thinking about it, watching mm-hmm. this, because that's the other thing she loved when we were talking about um, her and I back in the day about Batman and Robin. As terrible as that movie is, and I'm not going to sit here and defend it, but there's a line when... Um, Robin's talking to to Batman about how he's gonna go be with Ivy and all that, and he he and and Clooney as Bruce Wayne turns to him and goes, "She's what? She's trying to kill you, Dick." You know, like, but he takes that pause. You know, you're you're absolutely right. He does yeah. an emphasis on 
dick. Right, it, and it's totally which makes on me purpose. Kind of like question like is why is that even like a nickname for Richards anymore? Like, I, I, I don't I, understand I, it. Well, I don't think it is as much anymore, but it was at some point, some time. But anyway, so like those lines though, getting dick. yeah, getting back to MIB though, like that's. That's one of the, the things that I, you know, like. So that movie holds some for me because of stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like those little those little moments, you know. Um, well, I have to agree because I, I mean, obviously when you saw Ben and Black, you were 17, yeah. give or take. Yeah. I was six, seven. Yeah. Um, this, I, it didn't occur to me until like about 20 minutes before we started recording. I think the first time I saw Men in Black, I borrowed it from the tenants that lived where I'm living in the fucking apartment, the unit, the downstairs unit right. where Steph right. and I stay. We had tenants. I don't even remember the name. I know it was a couple, and I know they had some VHSs. And I don't remember how it, the, the context of how it started, but like I, I was, I guess like they were like pseudo babysitters for me from time to time. Sure. That makes sense. And I remember being the VHS cover for men in black had there, there were different versions of it, but like some of it had that kind of image where if you turn, if you, if you move the cover, oh, right, the right. image kind of glows or it looks it's, it's weird. Like a sheen or, thing to, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 And I was captivated by the cover and then eventually they just, let me borrow it so in a weird roundabout way like it's sort of full circle like the first time i watched men in black was down here and now here you are hey look at that can we can we Um, talk about the cover for a minute not necessarily like the sheen thing but like this is probably bugging me more than it you will ever give a fuck about but like all of the packaging the DVDs, the old VHS, I guarantee it. The, the advertising when the movie came out, because I remember them advertising it. Because I remember the first thought, let's talk about this real quick, and we'll go back to my, my thought I was starting to make there. I remember when they started advertising this film in the summer, going into the summer of 97. And okay. it was like, Will Smith's doing another Alien movie? Really? Uh-huh. Like, honestly, that's the th- I mean, for you, it's six or seven probably didn't even register but for me having seen independence day the year before you know like really will you're just gonna keep doing these alien movies you know what i mean like now obviously he he's gone on to do many better things but that was like the thought that i remember well, having. He, all, he didn't want to do it for exactly that reason i, I remember yeah it. i've read that since but i'm saying at the time that was the, the right. thought process that went through my brain and then all the advertising men in black is written in these big-ass block fucking letters. Mm-hmm. Like, thick block letters. And then mm-hmm. the title screen comes up in the goddamn movie, and it looks like pencil. Like, I, that has irked me since the day I saw it. It still irks me to this day. Do you know what I think those, what that style is? No. It's constellations. But then they shouldn't have, see, my opinion is they should have, I, I don't know. I don't like that advertising on like I will I will there's a lot of other movies we've seen where the advertising matches everything else and this is one of those mm-hmm. few that's very the only other one that's different 
and it's because it was the first one, and then they changed to kind of line it up, was Indy. Indy kind of get that more orangey, yellow, arced Indiana Jones thing as you got, you know, later. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know. I, I, well, I think, I think uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull had a different font. Maybe, but I mean, well, right, itself. but I don't know. It just irked to me that they're like, it felt like, you know, you know when we had the conversation about establishing a city like the Gotham in Chicago and we had those kinds mm-hmm. of conversations? It's kind of the same concept to me. Like, they, they, they established, this is the MIB. It's this logo. Because they, they really pushed the MIB. They didn't call it Men in Black. They were really pushing the MIB with the, you know, to the point that I remember there were friends of mine or people in school that I was with that were like, what is MIB? Because for a while there, they weren't even telling you what it stood for. They were just like, from an advertising, it was like, MIB are coming in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And it wasn't like you saw Tommy and Will in the suits. It was just the three letters. So like, they pounded that, that lettering to you and then you get to the fucking film and you get these pencil line writing and it was like even even if it was just the men in black was written that way and all the names like when they're doing you know tommy lee jones if that was written like that i don't care but that mib when they write out men in black like i don't know i i i totally understand um i i i'm like you i do kind of like that consistency of if this is how the art like if this is how the artist drew it and that's canon, that's, you know, the, the big block MIB letters are more iconic than the, I still think my theory is founded because I'm not it saying looks you... like, because it's not just lines. There's, that they're like wiggly. Pencil. Yeah. There, there's dots in the middle, but no, it looks like constellations. Your, your logic is probably a hundred percent right, Rico. I'm not arguing against your logic, but I'm arguing. But I agree with yeah, you. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you something that I found kind of interesting. They're agents, right? They're Agent K and Agent J. And you will probably appreciate this. But they basically, the, the actors' last names are Jones and Smith, the most fucking bland names ever, essentially for, like, Matrix. Well, the actors, but not the... Agent Jones. But the actors, not the characters. We don't know what... I mean, we don't really find out what Kay's last name is until the second one, if you want to get technical. And it was Edwards I, for I, Jay. Right, but I'm talking about the 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 kind of matrixy pun of these guys in oh, black well, suits sure. wearing sunglasses, and their their names essentially are Agent Smith and Agent Jones. Oh, I th- I think I think I made the joke the first time I watched the Matrix and saw the agents. I was like, oh, it's the Men in Black. Like I think I you, right. I might even send it to nobody. I might have just sent it to myself. But still, yeah, I I got you there. Um, I I thoroughly enjoy the first one. And a lot of it is because I really appreciate how much darker it is. And I think that's where you and I can kind of differ on franchises on a whole. I do tend to prefer like like a sci-fi alien movie, even with a lot of humor thrown in, is I, I can appreciate it more because it is darker. The first Men in Black is gross. It's kind of scary, especially for a six-year-old. Like Edgar the Bug, even if it's not the giant cockroach form, where oh, it's yeah. just Vincent D'Onofrio, he's grotesque. He's oh, sure. scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt about that. 
And then throughout the films, they kind of get more lighthearted and campier and goofy. So I kind of wish there was, you know, they had kind of kept to that darker tone. They probably had to lighten it up because a lot of kids were freaked out. But not for nothing, like I've heard a lot of a lot of my friends in my age group really like Men in Black One, and I think it's because of the darkness. They well, like Michael and I watched the first two together. No, we also we also watched. Uh, uh, yeah, we watched the first three, just different days. Um, okay. He was like, "Yeah, I, I prefer the first one. It's darker, you know. Second one and third one are fine, but it's just goofy. It's just a lot more, you know, more jokey than dark. Whereas, you know, this, the first one was really like the whole. Like, I remember they featured it in the trailer." But like when D'Onofrio stretches his his skin all the way back, he's like, "There, is that better?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember being kind of like freaked out, but intrigued by it. I'm like, "What is that? What is this weirdness?" Because I saw the trailer before I saw the movie, which is which fueled them like, "What is this gonna? What's this fucking movie gonna be?" Right, right. You know? So yeah, I still have. I mean, also. Um, just the 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 weird like the opening scene where fucking K and uh, D I guess he would be what's his name D D uh, that whole thing with like Mikey the fucking alien he looked scary as shit and, oh yeah you know yeah like I it's so fucked up like I imagined like I remembered watching that scene where Mikey's holding the the head and in my mind. I thought there was like blood dripping from the head. I thought it was like a real severed head that the Mikey, the alien cut a dude's head off, put it on a stick and was able to like manipulate it that way. I didn't really put two and two together that it was an, it was basically a machine. It was an animatronic. Yeah, yeah. 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 So in my own memory, I'm imagining it was like grotesque and bloody and dripping shit and Blah, blah, you blah. also like a lot of those uh, type films, so that's probably another reason your brain went there. But I got well, you. Yeah, I, 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 I've always said this. Like, I was terrified of horror films, but I liked movies that were the in between, like Tim Burton shit. And, sure, sure. And you know, so and Men in Black, I think, would qualify for that. I, I, mean, I, fuck, I it's got it's, Danny Elfman music. It might as well be a Tim Burton movie. Well, I mean, yeah, and 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 that going back to that fountain real quick, that looks a lot like um, stuff you would get from. Uh, you know what it reminded me of a lot when I first saw it was uh, Beetlejuice. Yeah, it's very similar to the font for for Beetlejuice. So it is also it. Ex- it because a lot of people like forget that Tim Burton didn't do the first two Adams family movies. He is going to adapt it. Now he's going to do a, uh, a Adams family show on Netflix called right. Wednesday. Right. But at the time, everyone assumed Tim Burton did the Adams family movies, but it's Barry Sutterfield, the guy who did the first three men in black, which is the same and, font, by the way. Yeah. 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 The open, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's weird. Like just, pencil drawings but it but i would argue it works for the adams family more agreed. than it does for agreed 100 percent. don't have a, but here's the here's the thing they didn't push the i think i know and i don't want to mean to beat a dead horse here but like they pushed that mib a lot during the advertising and i also remember the advertising for adams family they didn't the 
they they right. they put it up on the screen, but it wasn't like, you know, th- that wasn't the uh, you, you used the right word earlier. MIB became an icon. It was almost a logo, you know. Whereas yeah. the Adams family didn't have that. So to to turn go to the film and see that and have that pencil writing, whatever you want to call it, played better than you did with MIB. You know, well, so. I would also add that the the font used on the cover for the Adams Family movies was also iconic in its own way. It looked sure. like it looked it looked like block gothic. Ver- it was a gothic yes. version of the MIB logo, uh, essentially. Yeah. So maybe fucking Barry Sonnenfeld just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, you know, maybe. I mean, and look, I, I'm I'm sure I'm picking on a minor point in the bigger scheme of the film, but I mean, like that was a thing for me, you know, and it's still I guess it's just something that always stuck in my crawl. Like it's always been sure. something that just kind of hung on me, but I, I, I do enjoy the films. I just, I do agree with you that it, the two and three are certainly more lighthearted comparative to, to one for sure. And four I, and four international is, is just as lighthearted as two or three. In my opinion, I felt like they tried to be a little more serious in a lot of ways with four though, like, or at least a little mm. more, um, What's the word I'm looking for for an alien movie? Real worldish, like the, like I mean, you saw the aliens. Woke? No, 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 no. I don't. That's... Oh no! It, the, four got a lot of bad reviews based, and a lot of it is critical of how quote unquote PC and how woke it is. Like I, I didn't just read the trivia and 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 come to my conclusion. I read the good and bad reviews just to yeah. see what the demographic is. And here's here's basically how it is. Most people say the first one's the best. Some people actually don't remember the second one as being as good as they remembered. Like when it came out, they were like, "This is awesome, Men in Black 2, Fuck yeah!" And then they were like, "Wait a minute, what the fuck was that?" Third one is says, yeah, "Actually, this one's really good." And Josh Brolin is astounding, and blah blah blah. And they're like, the fourth one, it's like, yeah, Chris Hemsworth was really fucking like kind of just too jokey and kind of you know he was just in some scenes just not likable and they're trying to you know there's always the MAGA idiot reviewer who's just like why are they going to have a black you know a black woman in the in the men in black it's called the men in black they're just doing that just to have the sole reason of saying you know the men and women in black they're just trying to make these woke PC jokes and I'm like yeah that's First off, first off, I, 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 I don't I I don't have a problem with the organization being called Men in Black and yet having women in there. And I'll say that based on the history that they write for these films, right? You know, mm-hmm. because which they kinda double back on a few times throughout the franchise, you know, but they they if if so well, I guess we'll get there because it gets hard. It's hard to without like jumping from film to film to really explain what I'm thinking on that, you know. So try. All right, we're all, we're we're part of skew. We're all. Well, no, no, I can do it, but I just have to go from because like in one, mm-hmm. Kay tells Jay the history, like after the the test. Oh, which but we have to talk about that because that cracks me the fuck up too every time. But we'll get there. But um, after the test, and he's kind of giving him the history of Men in Black, you know, he talks about how aliens made contact, on, and he gives a date. I forget what it is, but it's like 1950-something, and they're on this back road in upstate New York, right? Like, that's, you know, and he says something about, like, five agents and one kid that got lost on the 
wrong road or something. I forget the exact line. So the implication don't... is that it's him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And then uh, a New Yorker, a native New Yorker with a very pronounced Texas accent, but you know, whatever. Sure. Whatever. Um, and then, but then you also get to, um, when you get to four, it implies that it actually went further back than that. Yeah. You know, all the way back to Eiffel, which would put us in the 1840s, 20s, somewhere in that window, you know? So, like, but see, none of that do I have a problem with, honestly, because, like, it... Oh, I do. Why? Just because it's it's possible to have had more history than was explained? Um, I... I don't like inconsistencies with what the mythology they're trying to make. I understand MIB International is supposed to kind of be a soft reboot. I would rather they ignore the previous three and start a whole new thing. I I just took it as expanding as opposed to... It doesn't make sense for K to be as high-level ranking agent that he is to not know about Eiffel. Um... I, I see. I, I found a way to justify it, but I mean, I guess that's just me. Do you know what I mean? Like what the European, the European branch didn't explain it to the fucking American branch. No, it's not even that complicated. It's much simpler than that. It's it's Jay as a brand new agent is entitled to that information. So he's only giving him the history of that branch of the of the of the agency. So of the agency of the New York agency, that's the history for that. That branch, that division, that whatever you want to call it, you know what I mean? Like I can, I could buy that. I, you know, I again, that's actually a very good rationale. But I still have a problem with like time travel movies. Is they're very slippery of what they they can do to their own mythology and sure. franchise. And I sure. and I say that a lot. Like you know, it's it's hard to be. So smart, where you know every intricate detail of your of what the other films have done, and try to make it fresh and exciting. I I I, I thoroughly enjoyed the third film, but I have a big fucking plot hole that drives me nuts. Okay, well, depending on what I think it is, I might be able to fill it in for you. But we'll we can get to that when you want. But well, um, we'll you get to it now. We we'll do it now. I don't care. I just, you just Will Smith's character. Was born in 1969. No. Well, mm. wait. Oh, is that what it said mm-hmm. in the first one? Yeah. Okay, but... Also, I don't buy the whole K has been kind of... Like, K was there at the very start of Jay's life. Like, he was involved with his dad. I it, that I'm fine with the time travel thing. I have... I I think the introduction of, like... His father and Kay being there to neuralize a young Jay and guide him through and be there from the very beginning, I think was stretching. I don't the think he, I don't, I don't think he was there all the way through. I think here's what I honestly think. This is how I interpreted what I saw because I had a feeling this was the plot hole you you were going to be referring to, right? The way I saw it is this: yes, that ha- that event happens in 1969. Okay, I'm not going to argue with you about Jay's date of birth on the screen from the first one because I honestly don't remember. But let's just say that that's... We'll, put, we'll chalk that up to like they did with Spider-Man. Remember when... when uh, yeah, they, Kevin... they fucked up. They weren't paying attention. Right. Okay. So let's just let's just ignore that part for a minute and, and talk about the rest Fine. of it. Okay. I took it as yes, he's there. Yes, he neuralizes Jay. Won't argue with that. Right? 
But after they walk off, after he gets Jay into his mother, because it's presumed that Jay's not an orphan. He still grew up with a mother. He just didn't have his Mm -hmm. father, right? Mm -hmm. So once he gets him back to his mom, I think he very much stands back. But it explains to me why he was there so quick after the thing happened in the first one. Like, it's, he was keeping an eye on it. He saw that he was a cop. He was watching his cases. And when he finally had that case where he chases down that, I think they called him a cephalopoid, but don't quote me on the alien type. But when he chases down that alien, you know, that ultimately jumps off the roof, that's when Kay saw it as, okay, now we have an in to pull Jay in without it being really just out of left. Like, it, it's, it was a more, it was, it's something he was, like, he was always just keeping an eye. Just like, he, and here's, here's a good, good thing to back it up. Remember how he was always, like, pulling up the screen on the, the ex-girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Same thing. He probably, from time to time, would zoom in on Jay, see what he was up to, make sure he was staying out of trouble. I'm not saying he was constantly in his life and constantly neuralizing. I'm sorry. I think after they walk off the beach and he gets to his mom, Kay's never directly in his life again until that night in the police department. I genuinely believe that. But I, I can understand. Here's my thing is that we have to do way more thinking and theorizing and rationalizing oh, for something that they could have just. How much theorizing and theorizing and rationalizing do we do on all these other movies? Like especially like Look, the Marvel shit. Even like it just if if fucking all K, like it, it, the implication that you're you're implying is that K would have like said to Zed, he's like, listen, man, he. We we gotta get this guy in here. He, you know, I, you know, I, blah 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 blah. I knew I knew his daddy. You know, like no, I, I, that's behind what I'm the I, scenes, I, you imagine Kay was talking to Rip Torn, being like, "It'd be really interesting if we got this guy in the MIB because I knew him when he was five years old." See, no, and like, that's, blah, blah, that's blah. exactly the opposite. Of what I think, I think honestly, Kay and 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 Brolin does a great job of explaining of of displaying this because it's never said in words, but when when. His dad's dead, and James is asking, you know, where's my daddy and whatever. And and you see Brolin as Kay struggling to to figure out what mm-hmm. to say to him. Like I I think I think nobody, and I mean this, nobody besides Kay and MIB knows about that moment. Like I don't think I don't think Zed knew. I don't think anyone else knew. I don't think Kay ever told anybody. I think it happens. I think he gets James back to his mom. And I think he goes on with his life and just keeps an eye on this kid. And when he sees that he would be good material, which is what I'm sure he suspected based on his father, if you really want. Now, I know I'm extrapolating a bit, but I mean, like, it. but, you know, if if that's it, I think that's what I'm saying. To your point about him talking to Zed, Zed had no idea. Like. He doesn't tell Zed, you know? Zed's dead. Well, um, Zed, yeah, but you, I'm saying, you know what you, I'm saying. Did you recognize who played uh, Edwards' dad? No. That's Luke Cage. Okay. All right. It's a much smaller Luke Cage. It's it's a younger Luke Cage, but that's fucking, you know, if he was bald and had a goatee, he was a little more yoked. That's Luke Cage. All right. Well, I got no beef with uh, that. <laughs> No, no, no. I just thought, I mean, like, I'm watching it with Michael, and I'm like, that's Luke Cage! And Michael's like, why are you yelling? And I'm like, it's Luke Cage! He's like, shut the fuck up. Calm down. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. 
like again, I still like the third one, but and it's not so much a criticism of Men in Black Three; it's a criticism of time travel movies in general. No, I, and I I'm get using, you that, but I'm I... using the formula of Back to the Future as like the you don't you know that this is how you do it right. This is the mechanics of how to not fuck it up, right? Here's another here's another point, and honestly, as far as I can tell at the top of my head, that's all the criticism I have of Men in Black Three is just the logic flowing in and out of the whole story, right? If K is assassinated in the fucking you know in 1969, then when the timeline is like kind of reset, and all of a sudden Jay wants to drink chocolate milk, right? He wouldn't be an agent; he would still be a New York City cop. No, that it no, because the long-haired idiot explains it. Like it, it essentially, um, and even even um, O kind of explains a little bit about why he's craving chocolate milk. He got it, it. It's like a temporal protection. Like he he somehow because he was there as a child and was at that event that K would have died at. It, he, it, he's not affected. Bingo. So he that's why he's still an agent because. It would it would have taken him completely like, to your point. It would have taken him completely out of that. So he he's still an mm-hmm. agent because of this like temporal like bubble that he got put into. Isn't there a part of you though that wish they would have done that? Like just made him be like, "What the fuck? Why why am I a New York City cop again? I think, what happened? I think it would have made it harder for him to. For it would have made it harder for the rest of the movie to then fall into line. I disagree. He w- because if he has the knowledge of Men in Black, he would have been able to be like, "I know what's going on back here." You could it, the movie could still flow exactly the same. He just has to be like, "I need to speak to O," and then the fucking old black dude pops, who that dude needs a raise. Right. What the fuck is he? Right. Like he's just sitting there for no fucking reason. I I, I was disappointed, and I'm I'm guessing something happened to the actor, but I was disappointed he wasn't there for four. When, probably died. Yeah, I I didn't I haven't actually looked, but I, I mean and that 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 would be my guess or he just flat out retired and was like fuck it I don't want to do it. You know what I mean? But that would be my He's only like, two. Sit behind this fan like again? Fuck that. I got more fans. I'll do this at home. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, put yeah. A, I'll I'll plug in my fan. Um I don't know. You could you could play it exactly the same if not have it be a little bit more interesting where Jay has to convince O to not neuralize him. Also, sure. I would have I I was under the impression Zed would have been the head of MIB in 1969. He's he's been there forever. The implication is that he recruited K in a roundabout way, not whoever fucking the head well, of Well, what what well, made you think he wasn't he wasn't there on that first night that that uh, K references when he's talking to to Will on the first one to to James. In the, in the photograph, you mean? Yeah, like even though you don't per- per- specifically see his face, what makes you think he's not there? I'm ta- no, I'm talking about in in the '60s part of Men in Black Three. The head of MIB is not Zed; it's some other dude named X. Oh right, who's who's actually played by a guy I used to watch on a TV show called Sledgehammer. I can't think of the actor's name right now, but anyway, um, they they could find a fucking pitch perfect Josh Brolin to play Young K. They can't find someone to pretend to be Rip to- uh, Rip Torn. 
I guess the only implication is maybe they were both there on the first day, and X just got the job somehow over over uh, uh, over Zed, and then it, maybe he died at some point. Maybe, but I don't know. It would have just been interesting to I don't know, especially since they made this whole big deal about how Zed is dead in the third film, and there's, it opens with his funeral and all that which, shit, which kind of irked me because Rip Torn was not dead yet, like. They could have no. had Zed in that film. I, I guess there must have been some kind of... My guess is there had to be maybe some kind of... Either either Rip didn't want to do it, or there was some kind of contract issue. Or Rip was... I mean, at, around the time, Rip also was, like, getting drunk and being crazy and running around. Like, he, Oh, there was, was, yeah, there was I, prob- I think I missed that, so... Yeah, he Nick Noltied himself from time to time. Um... um Men in Black 4, International 4, whatever you want to call it. I came out in what year? I don't have it in front of me right now. It's 2016? That's, a, that's like 2018, 2019, something like that. Okay, yeah. There's, Alf- a, there's a portion of set in 2016, and right. it said like three years later. So I would assume 2019. Alpheus Merchant is the name of that. That's the actor that played that guard. What are you, what are you talking about? What guard? The guy in the fan, the guy we were just talking about. Oh, 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 oh. And he did pass away in 2010, so it would make that's why he's not. There you go. Yeah. So. Yeah, that I I always like if that's a fucking let's say that guy that guard is a is a fucking Men in Black agent who's just so he's like I just don't want to be neuralized. I'm just like don't don't retire me. I'll just sit here. I, I, <laughs> I'll just sit like. What a fucking life for that guy. He just sits there, knows everything. Sure. What a what a weird, like, uh, okay. It's just a weird fucking job. Um, okay. But back to the first one. I Again, I fucking love the first one. Um, I think Vincent D'Onofrio was fucking scary as shit. I thought, I, I think, I don't know what the fuck happened to Linda Fiorentino. She got real, she, she just, got... She got real big headed. Remember, I remember even Kevin kind of talking about that when they were making Dogma. She and Kevin did not get along. There yeah. were plenty of times where she wasn't speaking to him. As far as I know, he's never explained the animosity between the two of them. No, he's like, he's, it, 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 he's never gotten as detailed about it. But it felt the little bit he has talked about it. And you're right; it's been very. Either vague or broad strokes, but after hearing him tell the stories about Cop Out, it seemed very Bruce Willis ish without mm. her having earned the like Bruce should, still shouldn't be an asshole, right? Like if he is the asshole that we've heard about, then that's what it is. But right to his credit, I guess, or to his defense, whatever you want to call it, he's kind of earned that right with the stuff that he's done in his career. I don't think he it's, earned his stripes to be a dick. Right. I don't think you should, and I don't think it's right, but at least he's done stuff that you can be like, all right, well, he, you can see why he's got the big head, right? And I don't mean that, you know. I understand. She apparently, from what I can tell, and a little bit I've read, not just from Kevin, because I have done some, some reading on this, because I was curious why she just kind of fucking disappeared overall, because she really has. Mm-hmm. And apparently she, she was getting the same kind of big head. You know she didn't like quote unquote audition or like win the part of of uh, Laura in Men in Black. No, she won it through playing poker with Barry Sonnenfeld. 
that's how she got the role. Mm. Think about that. You're you're an actress and you are struggling and you audition and you're just hoping to fucking get a commercial. And then she just has, you know, that extra four clubs that won her <laughs> as a right, role. Right. Plus, if I remember reading correctly, she also got like another like twenty five hundred dollars that was in the pot. Nice. Now imagine you're Barry Sonnefeld, right? You do more or less have control of who is in your movie. Sure. You have to go to the studio and be like, so we have an actress, and they're like, oh yeah, who's who's that? And like Linda Fiorentino, and they're like, who's that? Oh well, you know, it's a you know, I I I lost at poker, so now I'm you know we have to either buy her out or put her in this movie. Right. It's just a weird thing because that doesn't. There are plenty of times where an actor gets an audition, uh, gets a role without auditioning. Usually, you are well-respected actor at that point where you're just offered the role. Sure. Um, or there's a bidding war and all that shit. But I don't know of any other circumstance where it was like, all right, in this hand, what's what are you going to put in the pot? Well, you know, here's about $2,500. How about I am the lead female role in your new sci-fi blockbuster comedy hit? See, we don't, we don't even know that it was that specific. It could have just been, I get to be in your next movie. You know what I mean? Or I get to be the female lead in your next movie. We don't know that it was that specific to Men in Black, uh, but yeah. Very true. Just w- Let me also add this. Kevin Smith is the most revealing guy of, sure. any, subs- of any subject, any story. Sure. I, I don't... I've never heard any details about him in Fiorentino. It, all I've heard is that, oh yeah, today on, you know, on the set of Dogma, you know, she was not speaking to me. And all, and then he said, I, in retrospect, I should have hired Jenny Garofalo. I want to know what the fuck happened. Like, I'm, it's more interesting to me what happened. I mean, it, it could well, have been that she was getting a big ass head. Well, when we finally fucking interview him, you can make that one of our questions. What the hell happened with Fiorentino on Dogma? And see if you can get him to talk. I'm also concerned what happened to Fiorentino after, like... I think, well, that's what I'm saying. That's fucking... the other thing. I, I, that's what I'm saying. The research, I, a lot of what I told said did not come from Kevin. You're right. He's been very uh, tight-lipped for tight-lipped. which, which for him is very, as you said, you, uh, unique. But I'd heard other. You know what? I, I heard. I heard it's like a combination of Willis and Norton. Really, is the best way to describe what I read and saw is how she started acting. But there are plenty of difficult actors over the years who still get role. Edward but, Norton and Bruce but, Willis both have careers. Right, but but Ed Norton earned his stripes. You know, Willis earned his stripes. You know, um, you know, she hadn't by that point. Mm-hmm. Which is a which is a shame because I kind of like. Linda Fiorentino in both Dogma and in Men in Black. I, I, I do and I don't. I have mixed feelings about Linda. Maybe it's because of these things that I read. I don't know, you know. Um, but I I don't hate her by any means. I don't want to make it sound like that. And for a long time, I, I, I struggled to watch Bruce Willis, period. I didn't. I'm not at that point with her. But um, she's kind of, to me, she's kind of forgettable. In both, like for me, for me, even though she's the main character in Dogma, like 
not to go off on a whole dogma thing because I know we need to do that at some point because we've not actually done that film, but like mm. Rickman, Rock, uh, Jane, Bob, obviously, even even um, why am I blanking ben on Matt that? and Jason Lee? You're, you're right. The whole cast is much more rememberable than Linda is to me in that film. I always kind of found Linda Fiorentino as like the 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 poor woman's Demi Moore, you know, like beautiful, yeah. seductive, kind of a husky voice. Not not bad actresses in either uh, context. Sure. Um, you know, I it's just kind of astounding to see. Like, I'm not saying I'm not saying there's a conspiracy, but you can kind of tell. Like, this is like an actress where clearly the studio like was like, nope. She's blacklisted. Nope. Never again. Like you can kind of see she well, doesn't have a it's not like she's really acting in anything. Even actors that like were doing shit eventually went on to like TV. Well, that's the other thing that I had a thought of when and I, we're, we're getting way off topic, but we'll just finish this off and try to circle back. But when the whole Me Too thing came out, the last thing I remember her doing was Dogma, which mm-hmm. is Miramax. Mm-hmm. Which kind of makes me wonder: Did Harvey call her into the room? And when, that's what I'm thinking, and, man. And when she said no, he just fucking destroyed her. You that's know? what I'm thinking. I mean, it, it's certainly possible. I think I think there's truth to both ends. I think that's certainly a possibility. I think it's also possible she's difficult to work with, and people didn't want to work with her because of it. You know what I mean? It could it, it could be the fact that she was quote unquote so strong willed. Yeah. so to speak, yeah. that got her in trouble in the first place, but also made her, you know, sacrifice. She, she didn't sacrifice her own career. If we're implying and we're theorizing that Weinstein fucked her over, and, and it's she, because she turned his ass down and, and, and we, probably said, you're a piece of shit. And he said, oh, well, I'm going to fucking ruin your life. Right, and we, and we are stressing that we're theorizing. We have no proof. We have no evidence. We've got nothing. We're, we're, we're 100% coming up with a theory. And you're absolutely right, Rico. There's no reason it couldn't be both. Where she was right. difficult and hard to work with, but then also because of that same strong will, stood up for herself and and Harvey said, "Fuck you." So You know, there's all there's well, there's one more layer. Maybe she was difficult because of Harvey. It could Yeah, I mean that's certainly possible too, but I heard she was a little difficult on this and this is before that. So I I don't okay. know. Um Maybe just Italians are hard-headed. I don't know what to tell you. Well, that I can vouch for 100%. What so. the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Market. Hello? 
For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors about bundling your home and auto. In sports, three goals is a hat trick. And when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive, you get a hat trick of great savings and round-the-clock protection. So you might be thinking, wait, that's two things. A hat trick is three. But in this metaphor, great savings counts as two goals, and so does round-the-clock protection. So it's like four goals, and that's more than three. It's basic math. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Um, but look, the whole point of bringing her up is I I liked her in Men in Black, and I was actually yeah, kind I of like disappointed she didn't come back for the second one. I, I, I remember thinking that when I saw it. I got to be honest with you. When I saw the second one, and I honestly don't recall if I saw that one in the theater. I don't think that I did. Um, I know I saw the first one. And I know I certainly didn't see three or four in a theater. I'm just un- not remembering two, which one. I were. saw. I definitely saw three in the theater. I fell asleep. Yeah. Well. Um, I think it was a late showing, and I just. I think I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it was. I was bored. I don't know. I just. I remember falling asleep towards the end. I've only fallen asleep at one movie in the theater, and it's because I was at a lock a lock in, and so the movie started at like two thirty, three in the morning, and ended around sunrise so by that point mm-hmm. i was just exhausted <laughs> but that was uh I've, that was miracle i fell asleep at my second viewing of rogue one because i had already seen it but i was sure. i don't know why i just i was just kind of bored but then i remember waking up right at the vader scene which was obviously my favorite fucking part and i was like oh, this whole movie's like whatever this whole movie's whatever but like yeah. oh vader i'm awake right right and Michael um, was like, did you fucking sleep through that whole fucking thing? I'm like, yeah, but Vader, that was cool. He's like, Jesus Christ, what a waste of money. Yeah, well, um, but getting back to the to the Men in Black movies, to, to the, especially the, the first one, um, you were talking about how you were disappointed Linda didn't, you know, L, because mm-hmm. that is the character's name, ultimately, by the end of the film, doesn't make a return. Um, I had a problem with some of the similar stuff, like, but but smaller at the same time. And what I mean by that is, like, when Will finally takes over to the Tommy Lee Jones level position after he neuralizes uh, Kay, he's wearing a very different suit. And I then, fucking hated that too. And also, they're wearing different Ray Bans by the. I fucking hated that. Like, you didn't like that they changed it, or that they didn't carry it through. I didn't like his outfit at the end. It, like, it, no, it's not that, like they're off duty. No, 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 I, no, no, no. And that's my point. I, but see, here's the thing. That I don't. Here, here's my interpretation of that. Will is a young African American man in that film. We're, we're, would you know? You said, you said his thing said he was born in 1969. So I'm not going to argue with you because I don't remember. But if that is the year. And there's doing true to life years. He's 27. Mm-hmm. 27 year old African American male is going to be wearing a suit like that in 1997. Trust me on that. I've seen it per- firsthand. Okay. So for him to change the suit a little bit and make it more his style, and and it's assumed he got authorization from on high for that from Zed or whoever else, you know. I don't think so. Not because we say you will wear what we deem you will wear. Right, but I'm saying I'm saying that I had no problem with the suit. My issue was they didn't carry it through. 
I wish they would have carried it through, especially because they got new car. I mean, he's driving a fucking Mercedes in the second one. Listen, they do something similar to fucking Agent H in International with Hemsworth. He has different Argyle. He has like Argyle socks. Right. That is him kind of being like, fuck authority. You know, I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm I'm wearing the men in black suit. But, you know, underneath I'm my own individual person. Sure. That's fine, but like, I it just doesn't seem like Zed would let any of that fucking, you know, you will eat when we're where we deal, you know, deem you to eat. You will sleep when we tell you to sleep. Like, it's that type of rigidness that yes, I can imagine Will Smith wanting to break away a little bit, but he, he's not off duty. He's on duty. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I I see him getting that K-level job position and going to Zed, you know, from the from the time that it starts to the to the time that he neuralizes K to the time that we see that and going, hey man, let's spruce this up a little bit. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what it was. I'll tell you what it was. He tried it. He tried a different suit. He tried a different thing of glasses. Zed saw and said, yeah, you don't do that shit. He's like, okay. And that's why he's always wearing a fucking regular ass suit and glasses in the next two fucking films. That's why. He's like, I'm going to I'm gonna try something different. And Zed's like, no. <laughs> I don't know. Um, We're not hosting an intergalactic kegger here. <laughs> I fucking love that line. That's such a great line. Um, I do. I... Um, Remember I was telling you about like memorable quotes from that first one that that yeah. my ex and I used to throw around. Another one we used to throw around was uh, if she asked me a question and I was annoyed, I'd pull out the uh, well. Alex just brought that one up on Jeopardy last night. You know, like I would pull that one. That's out a on great her. one. Yeah, um, that's a that's a really good one. Um, and then we both loved. So all right, full disclosure: the ex that I'm talking about, her name was Tiffany. Yeah. So there's the sequence. No, I, I'm t- I'm saying that in it in, in ready to tell a fun story. I'm not getting all sad okay. and, and and whatever. There's the sequence in the shooting gallery during the testing phase, and I remember when Zed goes to him and goes, "Do you want to tell me why little Tiffany had to die?" And I remember looking at her, laughing my ass off the minute when it happened. Because it it was just so, and then and then he explains the whole thing like you know, I uh, you know I love, was gonna shoot this guy hanging off the lamppost, and then I realized he's not he's no danger. He's just working out. And how would I feel if someone busting in the gym came in the gym busting me in my ass when I was working out on the treadmill, you know? And I was gonna shoot this guy over here, and then I realized he's not snarling. He's sneezing. He's got a tissue in his hand. But little <laughs> Tiffany. White girl in the middle of the ghetto, middle of the night, monsters all around with quantum physics books. She's about to start some shit, Zed. Then, you know, so, uh, uh, you know. I appreciate if you get off my back about it. Or do I over an apology? Right. I mean, it just, you know, it that whole, here's I know the, I fucked the here's line the thing. up. But it, yeah. You know, back in the day when movies, like, were a thing. They also had like tie-in novelizations sure. for all those young, all you young people. There used to be books that came out after the movie that kind of expand about maybe ten percent more. Like all the bitching we're doing about Men in Black Three and everything, 
there would have been a novelization that would have explained all this shit. And we would have been like, ha ha, in the book, in the book. <laughs> <laughs> but truth be told, Jay was right. In the novelization, it was actually expanded upon that his theory was correct, that Tiffany was, in fact, the biggest threat in that in the whole shooting yeah. gallery. No, yeah. I, I, Which I, is why I, I bought that, it. That whole... I bought it from mm-hmm. jump. As soon as he gave that whole explanation, I was like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> like, you know, and it wasn't even. Absolutely. I, yeah. I, look, we're here to tell you all young white girls are the fucking biggest problem on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 he, no, no. He, Here's something we should talk about briefly before you move on. No, um, I want your opinion on this until okay. Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. So, you know, Sam Raimi, whatever. Uh-huh. Is this the most successful comic book movie of all time? Um cuz I think Spider-Man surpasses it personally in terms of of uh I would need success. to double check when how much Blade made and how much X-Men made. X-Men, yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I'm talking about it, I'm talking more about I guess popularity, but I guess X-Men, you know, would you We be, also you, we also have to consider Batman. The first, the, I mean, the four Batman movies came out True. roughly before True. this. Plus, you got your four Superman movies. Let me put it this way: I'll I'll tweak my I'll tweak the answer to accommodate both of us. Right? I would say Men in Black is the most at the time before Spider Man was the most successful comic book movie that a lot of people didn't know was a comic book movie. No, for sure. I think there's still people to this day that have no idea that it was a comic book movie. I, it's just like the Ninja Turtles. There are people who didn't know that Ninja Turtles were a comic book. They thought it was just a fucking show and yep. toys. Yep. Yep. And if you didn't know about that, you can listen to Shelter. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, um. But I. Did you ever read the comic? I never no. read the comic. No, no, I have not. No. All right. Let me ask you another question. Did you ever watch the fucking animated show? I did. It was not as good. I tried. It was not as good. You're no. correct. Yeah, no. I also, here's the crazy thing. One of the DVDs that I was watching of one of the Men in Black movies, I don't. I think it might have been the second one. One of the bonus features, it showed a trailer for a Men in Black video game, and holy fuck, it looks like dog shit. I did not see that, so I can't speak to it. It is fixed bird's eye view, and it's not even like... It's like at an angle. I feel like it was a fucking bird in the corner of your ceiling. Yeah. Looking at it, that's at the fixed view. It just looks crap. The graphics look like shit. But man, the announcer for this trailer was like really like, you get to play as agents of men in black. Now you could take down aliens, all the scum of the universe. Like, yeah, it looks awful. (laughs) I'd rather read the novelization. Yeah. I hear you. Um, um, any more on the first one? Do you... Yeah, I I also, it, it didn't occur to me until this viewing. It's such a slight, it's just, a, it's such a sight gag that you, if you don't think about, and then you think about it, it, it kind of clicks. There's a part where they go back to fucking Edgar's farm to meet his wife. Oh, that's another line, by the way, very quickly. Before you get to your point that we used to throw around, mm-hmm. I was like, and get a decorator in here because, damn. Like, I have to say that that is that, that 
when Will Smith does the damn, that's yeah. always an underrated favorite thing of me. Yeah. He's like, in the third one, he's like, and this is from the planet Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when they're fucking hanging out with um, Forrest Gump's fucking bus driver. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, no, that uh, is her. Way, I get it. Yeah. I, I, I'm not prejudiced a, against people who have names. I'm not like Ralph Garman. I yeah, don't understand. A bit you are. But not as I'm not Ralph Garman as much as Ralph Garman. I'm a little, but like I have one confusion of the name Siobhan. Her the actress's name is Siobhan, but it's but, yeah. I know. I don't know how to spell it. I don't know how the fuck they pronounce it the way it's spelled. I don't get it. It's some old ass Celtic way of saying Siobhan, which I don't think is. I don't know why it's a name in the first place. But that being said, I like the actress. <laughs> There's that gag where like she offers them lemonade and Will takes a sip and spits it out. Yeah, and it's it's presumably all pulp or something, yeah, or seeds. No, so you're right there with me. I didn't realize it. Edgar ate all drank all the sugar. That's why he spat it out. Uh, it's sour as fuck. There's no sugar. Maybe. Okay. I can't. I. I mean, you're probably right, but I. I can't. I. Yeah. It's an assumption. It's Can't a you safe just one. Say but... that, like, oh my god, I didn't think about it. You're right. Okay. Fuck. Jeezy there. I come up with something, and I'm like, we neither of us thought about this, and the movie's 25 years old. Yeah. No, you're probably you're probably right. I. I All right. By the way, we we okay. talk about a lot of the times, like on this show in general, like when did we first realize we saw said person or. Mm-hmm. We saw said person, didn't realize we saw said said person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's D'Onofrio for me. Oh, I agree. I, I, this is probably the first Vincent D'Onofrio film I ever saw and didn't even realize uh, it was him. I think the second one I saw of him was Mystic Pizza. I've never seen that. See, yeah, I never saw Adventures of Babysitting uh, until I, I was way, way older. Oh, was he in that? Then I guess I... He played, quote unquote, Thor. He played the dude who looked like, like the little girl is like obsessed right, with, right. with Thor, and thinks yeah. he looks like Thor. Yeah. All right. Well, then not then, to be confused then with I, another Men in Black movie also starring Thor. Right. Well, then I take then I take back my statement because that's probably the first one. He was also in fucking um, Full Metal Jacket, but I didn't. I didn't see that. Uh, he, honestly, I'm of the opinion that Full Metal Jacket is the first half is better. The first half is is really just like holy shit. This is a movie. Second half, I whatever. Uh, but he's good in it. Vincent, Don- we we've been praising Vincent D'Onofrio forever since Bodasque uh, has been yeah, a thing. Um, we've both um, been fans of him. We're, we're both huge fans. I'm a huge fan, and I and I still I'm I'm actually, you know, the other night on Get Vocal we did uh, TV shows, and one of the mm-hmm. ones would didn't come up because it was I it just didn't. But um, and I think we were trying to go for older stuff anyway for most of that conversation. But like, I um, I've been going back to Daredevil lately, mm-hmm. and goddamn, I forget how good he is as Kingpin. Sure, he's so good as Kingpin. Sure. So, um, he's great as Kingpin. Uh, I mean, you mentioned yesterday Law and Order: Criminal Intent. I tried to, I mean, I would watch Criminal Intent when there was nothing else to watch. Right. Which was really interesting because, like, there's 
find a station, you'll find Law and Order SVU. Sure. But there were times where criminal intent was on and SVU was not on. And he he helped that movie. He, uh, he helped that show for me, I meant to say. Uh, I mean, shit, dude, I've tweeted at D'Onofrio and invited him on to come on. I remember, yeah. And he scared the fuck out of me by liking the tweet, but that's as far as that went. I'm like, hey, Vincent D'Onofrio, you should come on Podeskew. And he liked the tweet, and I mentally shat my pants. Like, I, I just... And and that was it. And I tweet, I'm like, hey, are we doing this? And he just didn't respond. Um, yeah, I I I I would third like if they were gonna bring back characters and actors to the MCU, he's gotta come back. I mean, like I love Charlie Cox as Daredevil too, and I love John Berthal as Punisher. I want my kingpin because there's he, so many things you could do with He has said with- he would gladly do it. I've I've read that. So yeah, but they need a, they're running out of time, man. Like he's like, I'm sure he's like, I want to go back into shape. I don't want to be a big fat fuck. Right. Well, no, I. If you want my opinion, and I don't want to go off on all the thing, I think you're gonna see. I I think if nothing else, a post credit scene, you're gonna see him in No Way Home because you're getting oh. you're getting Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock. I don't know that we're gonna mm-hmm. see him in the Daredevil suit. I my understanding is we're not, but you're still getting you're still he's gonna getting, be a lawyer. Right. You're still getting Matt Murdock. So my 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 gut tells me we're gonna get a little taste of him in this, and then where he, you know, what what'll happen after that, I don't know. But you know what I anticipate happening? Hmm. I anticipate they're gonna tr- in or they're, they'll test the waters of putting him back in the in the Spider-Man mythos, but by putting him in like Venom Three. That's what I theorize. I I hope not. But anyway, I um, hope not too. But anyways. We like Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, better. Like fucking like Michael was telling me, uh, you want to talk about quotable lines from the Men in Black films? Yeah. Michael Michael works in kitchens, so whenever he's like, oh. "You need sugar," he's like, "Give me sugar." Oh, <laughs> like, oh I th- I thought he was gonna go with you were gonna go with when he um uh where's so and so i gave him a break and then they pan down and he's literally broken in half under the shelf yeah that that's a that's a chiropractic adjustment i don't yeah, want yeah right so that's we, what you don't want at the joint um i i did like there was a trope that was in the first one not a trope but a, a thing that occurs in the first one that they mirror in the third one that i thought they did really well too what's up um when in the first one when the bug kills the Archelian and his bodyguard, I guess, for lack of a better word, the big, tall, bald guy. Lurch. L- by the way, I, yeah, I was just going to say, you, you, you beat me to it. Um, when, he, when he kills those guys, um, by the way, I don't think I've ever heard that guy speak English because he doesn't speak in Adam's family and he speaks Archelian the entire time in this film. I don't think he says anything in English. <sighs> I'm yeah. trying to think if he says anything in Adam's family. No. He burps. Definitely, he, he burps in the second one and burps fire, I believe. But that's that's the only he he groans a lot. I don't, but no no words. Yeah, you're probably right. Anyway, um, but when when the bug kills the two of them and then steals the thing that he thinks has the galaxy in it, but it actually has mm. diamonds in it that he that apparently the the guy had gotten for his, the other guy's daughter or whatever. Right. In the third one, when Boris 
kidnaps Griff and rips that box off his neck, thinking that the the Arknet is in the box, and it turns out not to be there. It's the same. To me, yeah, that was, to the, me that the was old a, switcheroo. Right. To me, that was like another nod back to the. That's what I'm saying. I feel like the third one had several nods back to the first one, and that was one of them. You know. Yeah. 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 Uh, I also, Michael and I were watching the first one, and I thought, Cave makes this whole big thing about, like, how the bug with, like, unlimited strength, but he can't open that little fucking thing full of jewels. I I actually had a theory. I, I did it, and Michael's not wrong. My thinking on it is because he's limited by being in the Edgar suit. If he was just him in his pure form, yeah, he probably could rip that thing apart. But he didn't want to get out of the Edgar suit till he was confident he had the thing, I guess. I don't know. Right. You know, plus, yeah. plus I'm sure CGI or financially, they couldn't afford to have him bust out of the suit and get bust out of the Edgar thing and then kind of somehow get back in, you know. I'm just, yeah, but I'm just imagining, like, he grabbed the jewels when they're, like, having lunch. So he's, and it's dark by the time he opens it. He's been, like, struggling for, like, six hours trying to open that fucking thing. It just makes me kind of laugh. Like, he's just like, just crashing in the fucking thing for six hours or so. I didn't take it that way, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, uh, you ready to move on to the second one? I'm trying to think if there's anything else from one. That if we it, need if to it touch comes on. back to us, yeah, I'm yeah. sure we're allowed right. to go back. Oh, of course. It's our fucking show. We can do whatever we want. I know. <laughs> so, two. I know you, you texted me after two, and I don't have it right in front of me, but you said something like, I don't think I like this as much as I remembered or something. I was on the phone with you. It was, it wasn't a text. I said, I, I have more. I I didn't like it as much as I thought I did. I think you texted it to me too. You might've said it on the phone, but I'm almost positive. You'd sent me a text that said the same thing. Um, I had, I think at the time I was a different age and I appreciate it a little bit more for the humor i still think the fucking beatboxing portion with will smith and the fucking other dude i fucking love that still i still think that's that's a fucking great goddamn scene i also think they overplayed it in the trailers oh sure um um shout out the shout out the biz marquee by the way is that who it is yeah he he passed away last month I think it was. Really? Oh, yeah. He died just recently. Like, it was within the last six weeks. Yeah. Well, in the most respectful way, like, this... That part was Will's line, but sure. Yeah. Well, I can't do the fucking, <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, the, what, what Biz does. Yeah. Um, this I, I liked the whole concept of bringing Kay back, you know, and... Which I have a problem with. Okay. It's, I don't have a problem with bringing K back. What I got a problem with is reinserting him into society. Okay. So, so you know, Jay, Jay does this thing where, you know, in the first one, and, and I'm tying it together, so bear with me, but in the first one where he's like, so you flash this thing and then you make up a new memory for him and that's the best thing you can do for him. So Will starts doing this ad-libbing thing with a lot of them and that goes back to what we talked about, the interior decorator and that whole thing. So right. it's presumed that when he flashes K, remembering watching him look up 
you know, his old girl on the on the satellite that one time, you know, he gives him this thing about you've been in this coma for however many years it's been 30 years whatever it is i'm not let's not split hairs over that part and you know your your girl still lives in tarot you're gonna go be with her whatever right Mm -hmm. he's got no social security number (laughs) he's got no birth certificate he's got no fingerprints i was getting there yes he has no fingerprints how do you reinsert that into society without a whole bunch of fucking questions? You fucking neuralize all the people ahead of that. Just like in the first one where he's just like, I got all this paperwork. And then he's like, no, it's already been taken care of. And then like, he's like great job, Edwards. And the only, presumably the only, he just fucking flashed thing he's a dude and said no, he did the all the work. The only logical thing that I can come up with is that you can then re- recreate the social security number, the birth certificate, like the, the, the documentation. But he's still going to be fingerprintless. You can't re-etch fingerprints into someone's skin. I, well, maybe they can. They have technology we don't know about, but I doubt it, you know? You know, it's 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 bordering on the same... Like, Steph has a kind of complaint about the line in the second film, which was, uh, let's put it on. The last suit she'll ever wear. Again. Like, That's just a joke. It's that I get. It. I I understand, but like Steph's whole th- and I I see her point too. Steph's whole thing is the implication is is that they're supposed to die in that suit. It's their uniform. It's it's them like military, but it's sure. stylish. Sure. So the fact that they retire anybody is kind of and then have to bring them back. Like I think K if K came back to do this thing, then they should have neuralized them again at the end of the film and be like, that's it. No, no more. You know, you're done. I guess. Because I not mean, to mention, he looked like, I, I like Tommy Lee Jones, but he did not look good in the third film, which is probably no. why they thought he looked bad. No, he did. I agree. And, I he, agree. and he looked bad in the sense that like, it looked like they tried to do something to his face to like, make him not look as bad. Oh, you mean like like, like digitally or? Yeah, like his face in the third one looked almost synthetic. Like his his mouth and his nose. I, it, just, it, just, I, it looked like heavy ass makeup to try I, well, and like makeup make maybe because I'll bad. tell you this: I watched some deleted scenes and some gag reel stuff on two and he lo- uh, on three and he looks the same. And I I doubt the gag reel stuff has all the extra. Like if they did anything digital. Oh yeah, they wouldn't. Yeah, so. I, I'm sorry. Sad to say that no, that's just how he looked. But here's also the, the opinion: he, Tommy Lee Jones has never looked particularly amazing. No, here's but the that's thing. Kind that, of, that's though, sort of the appeal. Something happened positively between the time they shot the beginning of that movie and that last scene in the diner because he looks more like Men in Black to Tommy Lee Jones when he's at the diner at the end. I disagree. Than he did at the the other part. I don't. I I don't particularly agree. I think he looked bad throughout the whole third film. Well, he's only in, which is probably, like, which is probably why they have Josh Brolin. Or it could be said that he, Tommy just let it didn't really put himself back into shape because he's like, I'm only going to be in this thing for like ten fucking minutes, you know. So true. True. Um. Anyway. Anyway, it's the second film. I I remember it being as jokey as possible which did which for me kind of clashed against the first one it, it, it's kind of like 
in comparison, like what Batman Returns and then Batman and Robin, really, honestly, is it's one is more right. campy than the darkness. It's not that they're 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 definitely part of a franchise, but it's such conflicting tones that it, it, it kind of bothers me when when too many things clash, especially if they're trying to make it a not just a franchise, but a real true trilogy. It's not like it's a different actors playing the same characters like sure. Batman. Sure. Um I'm also kind of fucking confused of the whole point of Rosario Dawson's character. She's alive like, as Arton. Right. But is she going to explode? No, the bracelet was going to explode. He even says that. He goes, if we don't get you in that transport, that bracelet's going to go nuclear and wipe out all life on this planet. He says that line. So why does she got to go? Because I, I, my, if I'm guessing, it's genetically coded to her. So if it's not with her off planet, you know. Okay. I, am I the only one who kind of like felt they were hinting or I just misinterpreted but it kind of implied that Kay was her dad. Oh, it doesn't kind of imply. It it flat out implies that he banged Lorena at some point and yeah. What 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 the fuck was that? Why? Why was that a thing? Like I I don't understand the inclusion of that. First off, ew. What? <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones banging an alien? If he found, I mean, did, did you have a problem with Captain Kirk banging aliens in in the JJ Star Trek? Because he does. I mean, I had more of a problem of H banging an alien in International. Why? I don't know. It's just I don't I don't know. I guess I expect Captain Kirk to fuck everything: man, I mean, woman, vegetable, mineral. J- I don't. I mean. <laughs> Jay said it. No, no, because on, on, no, no, honestly, until that interpretation of Kirk, he's not the horn dog that. No, not as much. Anyway, but but still, Jay, Jay says it best. You know, homeboy went to Mars. Oh, oh that Jay. Yeah. You know, homeboy, homeboy found a Martian. Fucked a Martian. And fucked him. You know, like, it, who cares? If, you, if you're trying, like, like. I'm not talking about the attraction. I mean, look, fine. I, inevitably, a men in black, you know, agent would fuck an alien. Fine, free love, all that bullshit. But I got a bigger problem with the fact that fucking K can't keep his shit straight. Does he want the girl in Massachusetts? Does he want O? Does he want this alien? Like, fucking make up your she mind. She left his ass. That's that's the other thing I thought was such a fuck you kind of like write off. They make him upset. They make him pine for this woman that he left 30 years previously. Oh yeah. They get they get back together and then she, and then like Jay's like that's why she left you, Jay. Yeah. Because you're uncomfortable being in a, a fucking mailman. Well they, well, they probably then neuralize them both and give them a happier fucking life. Dude. They probably just couldn't bring pictures from McPherson back. And it's also implied what? I just didn't know you would Is that who that fucking is? Mhm. It's just random that you would know that name. She looked really familiar to me, so I looked her up, and it turns out it's it's fucking uh, Patricia McPherson from Knight Rider. So that's why I... Well, fucking it. You, you occasionally throw me these curveballs where I'm just like... <laughs> like, remember when we were talking about, like, uh, Vampire in Brooklyn? Uh, no, I mean, I remember we talked about it, but I don't... I'm not gonna remember... I don't you, think I remember you, what you... You pulled the fucking actor from Renaissance Man... Out of thin air. Which, by the way, 
I've been meant to bring this up when we were talking the other day. I don't want to go off on a whole thing, but he's in one of those guys. Is in fucking uh, the Sopranos. Yes. Uh, the the kid one? from the kid. They called him Brooklyn in, in Renaissance Man. I don't think they ever told us his real name, or if they did, they only said it once. But they called him Brooklyn. Oh, I told you. Oh, I told you. Lilo Brancato Jr., the guy who like does the De Niro impression all that shit. Yeah. 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 I I told you. Well, I I don't remember, and then I saw him, and I'm like, holy shit, it's that guy. But anyway, yeah, and then and then in real life he went full on mobster. Okay, um, yeah, he went, that dude served time. He's no, out of jail I, I, now, but he. Fire enough. Um, anyway, uh, but yeah, no, um, I, 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 I mean, I see. I, I just, I had I just seen... don't like the implication that K had fucking is is Rosario's dad. It's just such a weird thing to not fully explain and just kind of heavily imply and it just doesn't go anywhere. Well, I mean, why, I mean, why is that bothering you though? Just cause they don't explain it. They don't explain it. Also, it's kind of just, it comes out completely out of left field. I guess. I mean, it... wouldn't K like have more of like, you know, it's just like, I'm not saying he needs to go full Vader and be like, well, I am your father, you know, like, right. And not for nothing. If Kay fucked an alien and they had Rosario Dawson, she would look like how she did in Mandalorian. That's all I'm saying. She <laughs> would look full alien. No, not necessarily. <laughs> there were there were humanoid looking aliens on I'm I'm in, making okay, a joke. Okay, okay. Um because no, but he, he he does there is there's really one line that and it's a double I was gonna say double entendre, but I don't think that's the right word for it. But where they're talking, he's trying to convince her that she's the light while they're on the rooftop and Jay's fighting Lorana, like he's just being uh-huh. attacked. Serlina. Or Serlina, Lorana, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right, you're right. Um, but he's fighting Serlina, so while that's happening, Kay and, and um, Rosario, who, do we even get her name now that I'm thinking about it? Laura. Laura, right. Um, he, they're having this conversation and Laurel, that's it. That's it, Laurel. No, it's. I think it's Laura. I think you're right the first time. I'm looking uh, up now, but sure. I think you're right the first time. Um, he he says to her, you know, you ever notice that it rains when you're sad? And she says something like, "I'm a Virgo," or you know, she says something. Like, it rains. It rains when a lot of people are sad, or people get sad when it rains. And I think is what she says to him. Yeah. And he goes, "It rains because you're sad, baby." And it's not like a sexy baby. It's like, you know what I mean? Like that word, that you, yeah, that use of the word baby and the way he says it is what is really what triggered for me that, yes, that is his way of saying I'm your father without ever actually saying the words. It's just, it just kind of, it also, I mean, you're, you're right because I noticed that too, but it, so I real quick, not to change subjects, but I, I just clearing it up. Um, Laura, you're getting your people confused. Laura is Rosario Dawson. Laurel was the doctor from the first one. Fior- so Fiorentino. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead. Um, it it just seems I don't know. I guess I'm I'm just tired of hinting at something i like my movies kind of to explain a little bit more sure. and, and make it set in stone and even when like will's like 
asking Kay after that, he's like, did y'all, you know, implying, like, did y'all, did you fuck a Martian, like, and create that? <laughs> right. Because then it just kind of makes it weird. He's like, should he be, like, making jokes to Kay, be like, I'm, like, you're almost my father-in-law now. Because, you know, I want to, you know, I was about to bang your daughter, and I didn't know she was your daughter, because why the fuck would she be your daughter? Of yeah. all the agents, damn. That, that she came from the planet, damn. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um uh. I'm also look, another criticism I have is I I'm I I like the Jackass movies because of how stupid well, okay. and so, ridiculous they are, but you, Johnny Knoxville needs to not act. Well, and that's what you you just brought up something I was going to get into. So thank you and, and I mean that. So thank you for bringing it up. That's the one problem I have with these, these the Men in Blacks, with the exception of Tommy Lee and Will Smith, and I would say I I would say the first two are more guilty of this than three and four are, for what that's worth. Despite what you think of three and four's films, I would say one and two are more guilty of this. Finding the flash in the pan at that moment and putting it on in the film. So Johnny Knoxville was huge at the time because Jackass was huge at the time. Laura Flynn Boyle was pretty big at the time. You know, Linda Fiorentino, you said she won the thing, but she actually was starting to gain some momentum at that time. You know, mm-hmm. even Rosario. Now, the difference is Rosario walked past that and had a very successful career mm-hmm. post-Men in Black. You know, I would say she actually did her more important stuff after you know what I mean? Whereas for some of these other people, that was like the high point. <laughs> you know? So that's just my uh, yeah, opinion. Well, and, and, what, what was the last fucking Lara Flynn Boyle movie you saw? Exactly my point. Same thing with Linda and, you know, Johnny Knoxville. And, and, and. Well, Knoxville still has a career, but like he. He's suffered more than other actors to make his career. Let's put yeah, it that they're, way. They're, they're, they're shooting Jackass 4 as we speak. So. I think they already finished. Oh, they, okay. Well, then they. But I'm saying that my point is, it's a new. They're doing yeah. a new Jackass, and it's coming. If they, so I would genuinely love to see if Johnny Knoxville can actually act without being, you know, himself. I think I just found his alien character really fucking. Then he disappears. Where the fuck did he go? He at one. He just disappears throughout the film. I. I. Yeah. I mean. I don't know. That looks like a deleted scene, or like they would need it for reshoots. And he's like, "No, I'm I broke my penis today. I can't do it." <laughs> yeah, right. I um for the for the record, I looked up on Wikipedia Ben and Black too to sure. see if they say anything about. So Laura's bracelet leads J and K to the roof of a skyscraper where a ship stands ready to transport the light back to Zartha. K reveals that Laura is the daughter of Lorana, and it is implied K's daughter. What? I I just. Yeah. I Clearly, said that. we're well, not well, the only well, ones. Yeah, no. I, I think it was pretty easily implied that. Um, I have a question for you, though, about something that takes place in the second one that is minor by comparison, but I, when it, when it occurred to me, and it did not really occur to me until this viewing to be 100% fair, I thought would have driven you fucking insane, and honestly, even more so, Steph. David Cross. <sighs> Yeah, and it's not. Wait, I want. I want before you get into it. I want to stress to the audience. I, it's. I'm not implying that you don't like David Cross. It's what they do with David Cross in these films that I think you have a I, problem with. 
you're you're absolutely right. Uh, Steph did not watch the second one with me and Michael. She at that point she had been sitting all day, so she stretched out, but she okay. heard the movie. Sure. But Michael and I both brought it up. For those who don't know what the fuck we're talking about, David Cross plays a morgue clerk, whatever. Desk in the desk first film. Person, yeah, something. And Edgar the Bug fucking heavily implies that he kills him. Or he just spits, he just glues him to the he ceiling. He spackles him with... to the ceiling, essentially, yeah. And then David Cross comes back as a video store clerk, which I fucking thought was hysterical. The name of that video store still cracks me up. It's Tapeworms. Yep. and Still fucking funny to me. Yeah. So, I Michael is a David Cross fan. I'm I'm not a big David Cross fan, but like when he came on the screen on the second film, Michael's like, he lives. And I'm like, yeah, but and Michael's like, do you think that was the same character? Like they neuralized him from the first film and then he had a different career. I'm like, no, that doesn't make any bit of sense because it implies he's had this video store for years. You know, who, who the fuck starts a video store in 19... 19- 99 or 2001 and has VHSs back in the day. Like you, that was a very con- most video stores start late eighties, early nineties, if not earlier Then yes. no one just says, I'm going to fucking start a video store, you know, in the mid two thousands, it just doesn't happen. Uh, and then I had to, I, yes, it annoys me, but I had, I had this rationale and I said, you know what? It's just how there's just two motherfuckers who look and sound exactly the like living in New York City. That's the only rationale. It's kind of like when you get uh, actors that are in that play separate comic book roles. You know, like there's just two of them out there. Sorry, See, like Chris Evans. There's a lot of Chris Evans and Ryan Reynolds out there. No, for sure. And and so just to to lay it out, I am looking it on here. He does not have a character. His character does not have a name in the first mm-hmm. one. It's just mm-hmm. morgue attendant. That's all it mm-hmm. says. So the implication that it's the same person, potentially, I don't, I don't buy. Because I, I, I do agree. I don't think he's dead when he's hanging from the ceiling. Because you actually hear him mumble something at K. I didn't. He does. I, he goes, you, he's like, okay. But he doesn't say anything because his mouth is covered, so there's no words, but it's implied he's still alive. Sure. That alone, though, you remember how much of a, I guess for lack of a better phrase, germaphobe that guy was, or at least anti-vermin, right? Right. I don't know what the word for that is because it's not arachnophobia because that's specifically Bug-a- spiders. Bugophobia, whatever the fuck. Whatever, yeah. Has zero problem. He, 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 he's bugged out. Yeah, right. Has zero problem with the fact that there's a rat in the toilet in his video store. Okay, if we're if we're going down this route, right? Let's say he was neuralized. Maybe his fucking phobia of bugs. You could also be phobic against bugs, but not phobic against rodents. Like it is a thing. I guess. Yeah. I mean, there are people who it, it's there are people who are like arachnophobic, but like snakes don't bother them you see what i'm saying like not everything that's quote-unquote creepy is designated to scare everyone true true um let's say let's say he is the same guy let's say he was working part-time at the morgue to help fuel his fucking video uh video room video store 
uh, business because video stores are just not working out, unfortunately. So he's got to work at the morgue, and he's. I mean, it, it. It does imply that that store has been around since nineteen seventy something, actually. And there's no chance in hell he was the one who was owning it. It no, it know, could have been he, his mom with the palsy, but you know. Which? Why the fuck did he decide to kill his mom? I was getting to that. And who the fuck keeps a shovel at their feet? Well, I mean that guy, that guy, that guy. That guy. Nothing surprises me about that guy. So like that doesn't stun me. But see, there's a lot of these like sight gags and like jokes that just are like, haha, that was funny. And then wait, why? Throughout the Men in Black Two film, where I'm just like, that's fucking why. By the way, I did like Will giving uh, some love to Philly in that sequence. None, unless you're from Philly, you're not gonna get it. I know what you're talking about. I wanted to bring this up. I'm so glad what? you brought this up. What is it? Because I don't know if you're thinking the same thing. John? Yeah. John's look like they can pick up cable. That is a Philly fucking word, man. I've been using John since I was like 10 years old. So. I have to hear. This all goes full circle. I didn't know about John's until Tessa Thompson <laughs> brought it up in Creed. Yep. Yep, she just explained what yeah. a John's was, you yep. know, and and so there you go. It all comes Philly circle. Yep. No, I mean, I. My, and when I'm done with this, I'm going to go back to watching Boy Meets World set it, in fucking Philly. If I can find it for you someday, when uh, my buddy and I, and I was like fucking 18, he was like 16 because we're about three years apart. We made we were bored as fuck one day it was shitty weather outside we were hanging at my house we made a whole powerpoint slide on the word john no joke <laughs> a whole powerpoint presentation if i can find that shit i'll send it to you because it's rather fun i mean i would i would i would definitely like look at that. like we we even had a graph of like how much things john versus things that don't like because john how do you, john, how? john is like a is like fuck it it doesn't have one meaning like it, it's a mm -hmm. multi-use word mm -hmm. so how would you spell john j-a-u-n j-a i always thought it was a w but no, all right you would know more than yeah. me i i well i'm there, there's debate about a bunch of stuff with the word john so i i could i could see people arguing over the w but my That's... my my spelling has always been a-u as soon as Will said it, I immediately thought of you, and then I was like, "Oh my god, that's all!" I, how do I know it's Creed? Oh my god, fucking Tessa Thompson! <laughs> like it, it's this weird fucking like Men in Black Creed and Thor like, like world, blind, you know? Yeah. Well, it's Valkyrie and fucking you know. Yeah, but yeah, when he says John's look like he can pick up cable, I was like, "Shit, yeah." That's that's a great Philly fucking. I'm willing to bet that's uh, ad libbed, or at least, or at least oh, it was for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, um, but I, but see, you know what? The other thing that, that that whole thing implies for me, and I don't know if we need to get a whole philosophical, and I use that term loosely, uh, conversation about it, is that Will's whole thing about elaborating on the the new memories can have a negative consequence. Like if he just said, "Hey, there's no men in black, no such thing as men in black and aliens," and moved on with his day. He would have just gone back to doing what he was doing. But instead, he goes through the whole thing about take her to Cambodia, get a lobster dinner, pay more than a dollar, take off the glasses. So that's why he, it, it, I took it as he kills his mom for the insurance money to take the girl to Cambodia. 
Well, he also said you need to get out, boy. Get your, you know, get bum your ass, move your ass, get your bum ass out your mom's house, boy. You like forty years old, yeah. So, I just thought there was like maybe an easier way of you know moving out, like. No, there is, but I mean, that—that's what I'm saying. There, there's potential. The repercussions negative. of these stories that will, like, you know, fucking K said it perfectly. Make it a happy memory, like, right? Try something a little simpler. Don't be so intricate because you never know if you just create the next fucking Zodiac killer or some shit. I do, I do like. By the way, uh, just going back to one briefly, he's like, K, you ever flashy thing me? No. K, I'm serious. You ever flashy thing me? No. When, like, we saw 15 minutes earlier when he flashy thing, you know, you know, and then, and then that's another throwback and three that's not really said, but he flashy things in when he's like four years old or however old he was in fucking yeah. Cape Canaveral. So, yeah, he flashy, maybe, yeah, he flashy. <laughs> Will, Jay's had more hot flashes than a fucking woman on menopause, right. dude. <laughs> Um, and Kay gave it to him. Kay, gave, Kay was flashing him forever. Like, like just imagine. <laughs> that just, just like Tommy Lee Jones be like, watching this shit. And it just flashes him. Like, look at that. Look at it. Look at it. See that dick? That made Rosario Dawson. You, you would be the man who's king of the train locker. Michael noticed a uh, a goof in what, that too. By the way, what's that? The watch changes from the old watch to the new watch i saw that and i was like wow dude look at you i, I like, did i, know, I did right? catch i caught that a while ago I, I saw it again when i watched it back to this time but i i did notice that yeah um i do like the inclusion of the ending where it shows like the mib office is not as big as they think like there's a whole underground of more shit like bigger aliens and everything yeah because that sets up the fourth film a little bit easier the, the subway and the sure. ability to travel blah 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 um i all i i do find it if we could touch on the fourth one just a little bit like i don't understand why the the subway exterior changes when they're underground and it's just for the men in black and the aliens like I, why is that a thing i I think that was for the audience. I, I agree with you. There was really not a need for it, but I feel like that was for the audience, really, more than anything. Well, yeah, logically, it doesn't make any fucking sense. No, it does. Because... I agree. I I, I I, don't have enough of a big, big of a problem with it. It's worth talking about on the show because it's what we do, but I don't have a big enough right. problem with it to be like, that's a thing. You know what I mean? But I, I agree with you. So I, I think my overall opinion on the fourth one is that I'm caught in the Star Wars mentality of is this are are we am I complaining about Men in Black International because I'm too old for it? Like is MIB International made for kids? Like I, listen, I liked four quite a bit. It, you know what it is for me? It, it and I and I'm alone in this. Well, not I, I doubt I'm alone, but I'm I'm in the minority on this too. Like the Bourne films, right? You've got not I know they're very different films in terms of style and 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 uh vibe but you've got the f- first 3 with mm-hmm. Matt Damon as Jason Bourne then you mm-hmm. get the fourth one with Jeremy Renner as a completely different character who was in the same system that Jason was in 
and it didn't do as well. And then ultimately they make a fifth one that they bring Matt Damon back for. But correct at the time before they make the fifth one, and even since, but definitely before they make the fifth one, a lot of people were like shitting all over the fourth one because it wasn't Matt, it wasn't Jason, whatever you want to call it, and it, and they kind of went off in this whole other thing, you know. Correct. I didn't. Do I like it as much as the the first three Borns? No, but I don't fucking hate it. Like I don't have the same venom for it that it seems like a lot of other people do. I feel the same way about these this Men in Black International. I don't I get it's not Tommy, it's not Will, it's not J and K, but it's still you get a lot of the Men in Black vibe in this thing. You get a lot of the Men in Black vibe. I'm I, I look to to boil it down, the simple answer is that Tommy Lee Jones is too old to fucking run around chasing aliens. Sure. That's why. Right. Uh I'm also I would also be under the assumption that Will Smith is just kind of like, well, if, if Tommy's not in, I don't want to do it. I I would have liked, and and this would have worked because you see so little of this character anyway, right? Um, with all respect to, um, you're going to know her name better than I will, but the woman who plays O, because she's in several things that we both like, and I'm just blanking on her name. The older O or the younger O? The older O. Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson, thank you. With all respect to Emma Thompson, I like Emma Thompson. So the last thing I'm trying to do is like not give her work, right? Mm -hmm. But having Jay be in the Zed role, mm -hmm. you know, or even even K in the Zed role at that point would have like I didn't understand why the one of them didn't when when Zed dies. I, I don't have a problem with a woman taking over. I got zero problem with that. But why it didn't naturally go to one of those two first didn't make sense to me. You know, I I have more of a problem of the the implication that Alice Eve is the young O and then she becomes Emma Thompson because I don't believe that for a second. Well, I I don't get as bent about that as you do, but I yeah. know. Um, here's what I theorize: if they make a sequel to Men in Black International. It will probably go, go that route of Will Smith being the sort of head of MIB, or at least and the other thing is, is like, why the fuck wasn't he there in the New York branch? Like, he's the yeah. The implication is he's the new K right. because probably K is retired or dead or and, and for a while, or whatever. And for a while he was because he was, right. and then he brings K back, and it kind of without ever saying it, it kind of demotes him half a step. Back to like, yeah, you know, um, and then and which then, I didn't appreciate personally. Well, I mean, he's still Kay's partner, it's not like he got partnered with somebody else and demoted, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I didn't take it that way. I think it was just Kay is like this legend, he's like an OG, you know what I mean? Like, that's he's such a legend, you know, in the same sense that Jay is also now a legend because they have that portrait in sure. MIB International, which th those are the only portraits, like, they, they've talked about how like they saved the galaxy and the planet so many times, but those two in particular, the hive and the Edgar bug, like it's a nice homage. It's a nice throwback, but there should be way more portraits in Liam Neeson's office. Sure. I, um, um I want to go back to two for a minute though. Cause one of the things that's interesting on, on two for me is there was an alternate ending that they ultimately didn't use. You mentioned this, but I didn't look at it, but what is it? So, it and and I want to stress that when I say alternate ending, it, it it that implies like an alternate ending to the climax of the story. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's 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 
an alternate ending to before the credits. So if you recall, Statue of Liberty turns out to be a giant neuralizer, and mm-hmm. they f- they flashy thing the entire city in one foul fucking swoop. Which, by the way, mm-hmm. another issue of you don't warn all the rest of the MIB agents that might be out somewhere going, hey, put your shades on. Like, you just neuralized half of MIB potentially. But also, how does that work, anyways? If like people are like in their bedroom, like with the, you know, there's they don't have windows. Sure. You know. Yeah, but they probably also didn't. Then they also then didn't see the event they were supposed to be normalized from. So I guess there's that argument there. Is that a risk the MOV are willing to take? No, but it, but if you're saying that if there's no window, then then they didn't. You know. But anyway, that's yeah. that's that. However, after that scene in the actual movie. In the movie, um, there's in the there's a scene. the The next scene is Will in the locker room. You know, presumably a week or so later, putting on his suit, and you know, Kay goes up to him and says, "How you doing, man?" Like after mm-hmm. losing Laura or whatever, and and then Zed comes in and does his line about the Kama Sutra, and Will's like, "Damn," you know, like Zed, you know, which actually is pretty fucking funny in my opinion, right? Yeah, they have their whole exchange, and he goes, "Oh, oh and uh, Kay brings the 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 rats, and I only call them that because that's what Will because I don't think there's actually we ever get a name for them. But he brings those creatures over and puts them in his locker. He goes, "Why you put them rats in my locker, man? We gotta let them out, let them know the real thing." And he goes, "Still a rookie," and he kicks open this emergency door, and it turns out they're living in like a giant locker. A locker. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when it goes to com- goes to credits in in the um. Alternate version, after the the flashy thing on the Statue of Liberty, it cuts to Jay walking through the main hall, the main room of MIB, like where the, the twins are. Yeah. And he walks up, and then Jay and Kay and Zed have a similar interaction that they have in the scene that actually makes the film. Mm-hmm. But instead, they're like... You know, they give him a, they hand him what looks like a plane ticket and say, "Here, we're giving you two weeks on holiday. Go and go enjoy yourself." And it's kind of implied that they're sending him to to Zarthon mm-hmm. to see what's her face. And he mm-hmm. and he goes to this pod. He gets in the pod, and the pod takes off. And the CGI is really bad, but it's probably because it's a, you know, it's not a used scene. And right. it does this thing, and then it lands on this green. It, it fades away and fades back, and lands on this green thing. That looks like grass. The pot opens up, and Will gets out of it. They shrunk his ass and put him in the locker at Grand Central with the with the rat creatures. That's a what? Yeah. So that he would fucking go fuck the rat hookers? I, I, like d- I don't club? know, because like... the last scene is is Tommy standing. Looking into the locker, going enjoy your time off, and he closes the door and then credits. That is an awful ending. It is exactly very much so. So I'm glad they went with I, what I, they did. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, I never thought I'd say I'm grateful for the fucking Zed Kama Sutra ending. That <laughs> what the fuck? Well, he he By still the says way, the same line. He just doesn't say the word Kama Sutra. He leaves out the the words Kama Sutra. But yeah. Yeah, um, another reason why I'm like, wow, what the fuck was this? Is that random-ass martial arts Zed scene where he, like, kicks the fuck out of Lara Flynn Boyle's face repeatedly and yeah. has, like, a high-pitched Bruce Willis scream. Like, it just it just doesn't fit with 
the first film. That that's my main thing. Is like they're no, they definitely went ridiculous. more. They definitely went more comical with this one. There's no doubt about that. I can't. I won't. I won't argue that. I I don't think I have this entire episode. I agree with you. They definitely went more comedic with with the the second and. And I think the third one. I, th- I think the third one's a little more of a mixture of the two compared to the second one. I'm not saying it's not still lighter than than the first one because it is, but it's it's a little yeah. more of a mixture of the two than than say the second one is. Yeah, the, the you know the villain is 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 a, is a I, decent a villain. I don't like Boris at all. I I I I think he's a very weak. I thought he was a whole lot better than fucking. The the fucking uh, Serlana or whatever the fuck her name was. I thought. I also thought the three, uh, the three dudes that made the big ass dude in the second one. What the little fucking the oh, little UFOs Z- that are Zara. flying around. Zara, Chara, Chara. I I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. What a fucking useless ass. Yeah. Villain that was. Yeah. Although I did, I um, did like, I did like the the gang of villains they send to Jeebs. That was funny. Oh, but the and, and the getting and the getting flushed. I didn't like that. I thought that was funny. Um, by the way, I, I, the the line where he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, you're always saying like, come on, J- come on, Jay, flush, flush me. me, flush me." I was like, "Nah." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When was that happening? In the two days they were together in Men in Black One. No, I I think I think he was I think he was flat out making it up. Like I don't think he actually was implying that it actually happened. I think he was I think he was yeah. making it up. Um, you know, like he was he was just being not even Will Smith, he was just being smart ass Jay. Like I don't think it had anything to do with him actually it actually taking place. You know, sure. but but I will say in the gag reel by the way that the 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 scene with all the different enemies uh, I can't speak to the whole thing, but the part with the ball chinning is completely ad libbed. What do you mean it's ad libbed? Like at one point, he, like they do, they do a rapid fire of um, uh, him doing that sequence, and at one point, it's like he's a nutsackian. He's got he's got balls on his face. He's got like they rattle, He rattles off a bunch of different things of like. Oh, okay. And then ultimately, I guess they come up with you know. Uh, Nachinian or whatever it was, you know, well, so uh, Indian, yeah. yeah. And the other one, well, uh, go ahead. I, I think we're about to talk about the same thing, but what? the no, no, but that's funny. I, I know I was going to move on. I was moving on to the Mercedes because I thought that was funny too. It was like, does that oh, come the, with that? The, no, it actually came with a black dude, but he kept getting pulled over, and Tommy Lee Jones like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just. So funny thing is, is Barry Sunderfield liked that joke. Uh, because that was also an ad lib, sure, of, of of Smith. Uh but the producers in the studio loved that joke so much, they played it to death in trailers and promos. Mm-hmm. Where Barry Sunfield was just like, "God damn it, you guys ruined the joke." See, I like, don't, I don't fucked up. And see, the thing, I don't remember the trailers like that, so that doesn't yeah. phase me. But I know what you're saying. And then, um, I I highly recommend if the gag reel is on your copy. To go watch it because of Men in Black Two, yeah, just because there's there there's a whole sequence. Do you remember the part when they go in a hyperdrive, trying to get to the rooftop? And they're in the the yeah they're, yeah. I I actually the funny thing is I remember watching the bloopers years ago at my cousin's house. Okay, I I remember them laughing 
while they're in the front seat arguing over the fucking you know dual shock you know controller and everything yeah, yeah, like yeah, I, rem- yeah. I remember that but there's but there's also first off the the autopilot is a real person that's not cgi mm-hmm. so there's actually a guy sitting crouched in front of tommy lee jones mm-hmm. and his name is merritt no 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 not the char- not the character the act the actor the, the individual who's sitting there his name is merritt right can you imagine if they film that scene without merritt well but here's the thing that's funny about it for whatever reason barry sonnenfeld cannot remember the dude's fucking name and keeps calling him derek so he's like, Derek, crouch down. And Will's like, who the fuck is Derek? Well, like it starts off with, like, his name is Merritt. And he goes, yeah, Merritt, crouch down. And, like, this happens four or five times. And then finally, like, after, like, the fifth or sixth time, that's when Will's like, who the fuck is Derek? Now they bleep out the fuck because it's, you know, it's meant to be a family-friendly thing. And they're ho- it's, presumably it's... that they're showing it to younger viewers. But... It's the fucking original who the fuck is Carl. Right, it kind of is, but the funny part is that because Will finds this so funny and Rosario finds it so funny, Tommy's finding it. They can't keep their shit together to actually shoot the scene. Right, and, and all it is is just them sitting in a car. Right, in in a blue screen. They're not even out on the, yeah. like, it's a blue screen. Um, so, but three, do we have anything else? We, I mean, I feel like there's more to three than we've talked about. I don't know if we have to do it scene by scene, but I feel like there's... I, I I mean, like I said, I liked it. I, I do like time travel movies. I just don't like when they fucking muddle shit up. But I I, I did enjoy the quote-unquote retroness of, of 3. Um, I also found it interesting that uh, Bill Hader's cameo as Andy Warhol was, was there. Um, and the implication that Andy Warhol was a Am I undercover... Agent? Yeah. I also like that all models are aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I like three. Uh, I just, and I, and I did like, uh, the fucking villain. It, 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 it took me years to realize who the fuck that was, but that's, um, he's a frequent collaborator with Taika Waititi. Okay. Um, uh, Jermaine Clement, I think his name is. Um, Michael picked him up. Michael plucked his ass out of thin air. He's like, I know that fucking dude. That's the dude from Fire the Concords, which I've right. never seen. Neither have I. Um, I would know him. I'm like, oh, that's the dude from What We Do in the Shadows, which, you know. Uh, I, um, yeah, I, I, I dug three, uh, but I mean, uh, the first time I saw it, like I said, I fell asleep in the theater. I didn't fall asleep like the beginning. I just, it was towards the end. And I just, I guess I was just tired that day. One of the rare times my brother Joel took me to see a movie. And I don't know. I just kind of fell asleep. I I guess I was just kind of bored by the finale. See, I I, I like the overall premise. I I like, I didn't have a problem with the time travel. I I think they, I, you know, because to me they didn't muddle anything up. I think it actually uh, expanded on things. You know, and we talked about that earlier, so I don't know if we need to get back into right. it again. But, you know, you get a lot of that. You get, um, I liked how they played up to the to the times. They played up to the racism of 1969, like, no joke. Agreed. You know? Agreed. Um, I did have one slight problem where, like, he, uh, Jay gets pulled over, and he's literally in handcuffs. And he's able to, he, he's able to put his glasses on so they can the cops can neuralize them themselves. I 
I don't think they cuffed him. I think they had him restrained, but I didn't think they had cuffed him yet. That was how I... Okay, but even still, he his sunglasses are on and off in just a quick frame. Like it, you don't see him put it. You don't see him put the sunglasses on. And for little things like that, it always kind of, you know, little inaccuracies and, and continuity errors. You know, I'm obviously I'm, I'm I give a fuck about more of that than you, but it was just a sight gag that felt like it could have been executed a little bit better. So to yeah, speak, I, I felt like I felt like the, the, the gag there was not the sunglasses. The gag was showing how stupid the cops of 1969 were, you know, that to me was right. more what the gag was about was about just like, OK, well, you know, just don't push that button. And then they push the fucking button and normalize themselves, you know. Right. So, you know. But again, I I I enjoyed the third one for what it was. It felt I, I would argue that I, I like the third one more as a sequel than the second one. I, I just, I, uh, I don't know. I think, I feel like the, the second one at the time when I was a kid was fine, but now that I'm older, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't ring home to me in the same, I don't look, I don't like it for nostalgic reasons. I like the first one for nostalgic reasons. And also it's darker and scarier. And I feel like that's what a men in black movie should be, which brings us to the fourth one, which I felt was, it felt like it was kind of catering to either a dumb audience or children or both. I didn't think either, I, honestly. That's And that's fine. You know, the, we're allowed to have our different opinions. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not going to go. <laughs> I'm not going to go the Mark route. No, 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 no. I feel that like, like, you know, they, they make this whole thing about how the MIB is trying to be as careful as possible, trying to cover up the existence of aliens. I will say some of the best underrated lines of dialogue is in the first one, and it's by Kay, where he's talking about, you know, people are... Uh, oh, a that's person is smart, oh. but people are fucking dumb, crazy, and paranoid, and you know it. I, no, that, no, no joke. You know, we were talking about those earlier. I'm glad you brought that up, honestly, because you're right. I, I use that... I use that line all the time when I'm talking about, I think I've used that line on this show before. No joke mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. when we're talking about like people's opinions on something. Like it wasn't as much about like whether or not there's actually aliens among us, but we were talking about something and I use that same Just line. Just the pandemic. Right. You know, but then, you know, you, you could take that line and attribute it to fucking COVID. But the other one, the other one that I, I fucking love is, and I've used this one quite a bit. You know, it's um, I'm going to jack up the years and I usually do. So I don't it's not going to be that. But it was like, you know, 500 years ago, everyone or no, it's like a thousand years ago. Everyone thought the Earth was a center of the universe. 500 years ago, everyone thought the world was flat yet. You know, five, 15 minutes ago, you thought humans were alone on this planet. Imagine what you'll know tomorrow. It's it's a great line. That is genius level. It it, I attribute it like there are little bursts of dialogue throughout cinema history. You know, you get your iconic lines. Sure. You know, I am Luke. I am your father. Which right, 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 right. Is not the actual line, I'll be but back. whatever. You know, I'll be back. Yeah. Uh, you know, I liken that to an underrated line or a monologue in the same caliber of when Jason Bourne 
and I, we've talked about this. That's a, the whole scene where Jason Bourne explains why he knows what he knows without knowing who yeah. he is. Yeah. It is just as underrated and just as iconic without being the quote unquote iconic line. Right. You know? Right. Because it's not a one liner. That's the difference between those kinds of lines and those and the the ones that are more well known. They're not one liners. Luke, I'm your father. Or even without the look, because I think the line officially is "I am your father." It doesn't say Luke, but yeah, it's "No, I am your father." Yeah. Right, but the "I am your father" is the part, right? But it's a one-liner. Right. That's it. It's just that. That's all there is to it. You know, I'll be back. Same thing. One line right. done. The thing with Tommy Lee and Jason, you know, with 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 Kay and Jason in those two movies, is it's it. You're right. It's not. It's not a full monologue, but it's certainly more than just like that one line. You know what I mean? Like, you could boil down the entire respective franchises of either of those in just those two little yes, monologues. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't it sets the with tone. You. It sets the bar. Yep. Um, my point for that is K is K is the agent, right? And and they do their damnness to try and cover up as much as possible. Especially, you know, he, he chastises Jay for blowing up the fucking noisy cricket in we don't you know, New York discharge City. Discharge our weapons in public, you know. Right. Yeah. Then you get to the fourth one. There is they they, they try to rectify it a little bit where like they're in uh, Morocco, where uh, wherever the fuck they are. Well, they're in a couple um, different places, so I'm not sure. I don't know what scene you're referring to, so where they're where they're in the the Morocco type fucking area. With, well, Marrakesh, you know, it's Morocco. You're Marrakesh. Right. Well, Thank but you. Marrakesh is a city in Morocco, so you're not wrong. But right, I still don't know what you're getting to. They're fucking driving around that super powered fucking you know oh, hover motorcycle. Yeah, and at one point, like you know, she takes the neuralizer and flashes it at a couple groups of people. Yeah, but then they proceed to keep flying around and destructing shit. It just seems like these two agents are not as careful, which makes me think like it's just sloppy. Like you can argue Chris Hemsworth's character is sloppy and they keep making, Oh, he's changed. He's not the same because he was neuralized by Liam Neeson and blah, blah, blah. Right. You know that his personality has changed so much that he is, Reckless. He is which, arrogant. Which, by the way, High T doesn't need an analyzer. He just pulls his cock out and tip flips the tip, and it... <laughs> that's it an analyzer. That was very well Thank done. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, his name was stupid as hell, though. You you know what High T is? Yeah, it's it's a time where they where they used to drink tea in England, if I'm correct. Yeah, it, yeah. it was all. It, it was like the status of you. It was High T, but it was also like you would sit in specific chairs that are high backed as opposed mm. to low backed. Okay. But it, it, it's just a British, like you might as well just call them agent crumpets. Well, no, I, I think here's the thing. I, I my, here, you want my honest opinion. The high mm. part is like Maverick or goose or whatever. Like he's mm. agent T and it's not T E A. It's T like Tom, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, Jay I got is, that. Yeah. He's Agent T, and the High is just a nickname he was. They would they gave him because he's fucking British, so he's High T. But I don't think that's his actual name. I get that that's what they called him throughout the movie, and I agree with you. It's kind of stupid, but I don't 
think that that's his actual like name. The the whole concept of the agent name still mystifies me because the implication is the the name of the person becomes their code name. James is J, Kevin is K, Laurel is L, and so on and so forth. Molly right. is M. M. Right. Right. So what the fuck happened? Like so do you get that ranking because you're a higher agent? So what if another agent with a J, you know, he's, he's John is, is now underneath Will Smith's ranking. So would he be JJ? Well, would and that's, be that's possible. Because, well, and you might be right. And here's why, because there's, there, there's light evidence to that in three. Um, when Will Arnett, Will Arnett, Right, where he they call him AAA or double. I think it was AA or double A, but either way, they they reference the fact that there's two letters in his. It's agent AAA or double A or whatever. So, because right. I've thought the same thing. Because if if not, then you can only ever have twenty six agents at any given time. Like, right, you know. So yes, I think there is a secondary naming convention that still keeps it very limited. You know, so you're not you're never Agent Smith or Agent Jones or whatever, but you know, I think there is a way to to limit it, but it never really gets fully ever gets explained in any of them. So it's not even picking on four. It doesn't ever really get explained, period. Right? Right. Um getting back to Liam Neeson, like I said though, I think the high part is a nickname. I don't think that that's part of his, his agent name. In the same sense that Zed is Zed and not just Z. Well, and that you know, might probably... be just because it they just they decided that, yeah I mean like it's well because like in 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 Britain you know like they actually say Zed you know mm-hmm. I think they do in Canada too but you know what I mean like like they know what the letter Z is I'm not but right 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 yeah I I uh, my criticism of the fourth one is I I kind of saw a lot of it as predictable. Which makes me again think it's it's probably catered towards kids. It is. It's a newer generation. It's also a millennial generation. It's it, it is trying to cater to my to the age group that's younger than me. Um, I found the Liam Neeson fucking reveal not all surprising. I thought it was absolutely predictable, and they he he's the one who makes it predictable. He says it's always the one you least suspect. That's the first thing he fucking says to Molly. Or M. Um, they they did a whole switcheroo with like, oh, this this other agent named C who's like clearly he could be the mole. Like it's just so obvious. It, 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 in my problem is is that there are it's not just Men in Black. There are plenty of franchises that do this, where they take they take the intelligence of the film goers for granted. I, I, you know, we, we quote Kevin Smith all the time, but one of the things that he said that really stuck with me when he was talking about his process for writing Red State has more of a, a profound impact on anything else he's ever said, which was, I changed how I wrote Red State. I didn't want to know where the story was going. If I caught up, the audience caught up. So every time I knew where the story was going, I would go and make a jump. But see, That's why Red State and his other, his newer films kind of go different but like see, here, here's the thing right and this is this is a fundamental difference you and i have a lot i think when it comes to to movies right why does it matter 
Like, you know what? Even even if you know where it's going, even if you can predict where it goes, why does that take it take it take you out of the enjoyment of what's happening at that moment on the screen? Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, I well, saw that could... coming, but you know what? It was still good. Like, I can, I, I've had those moments. Now, I didn't see it coming as much as you did, and that's fine. But the point is, like, there have been times where I'm like, oh, I totally saw that coming, but it didn't destroy the film for me. It, the, I think it varies. It, it depends on the franchise. I think, like, for example, for me, it doesn't. Yeah, because I'm because I I want movies that are fresh and exciting, and make me feel like a kid in the sense of, oh my God, this is okay, movie but, magic. But let this me ask you a wonderment. question. We'll put, I'll use a really good example. At least I think is a really good example. Logan, mm-hmm. there was no question, I think, to anyone that was paying attention that at some point in that film, he was going to die. And I mean, like, be dead, dead. Not like... You know, like at the end of Days of Future Past, where he's kind of underwater and you think he's dead, and then he kind of gets his shit back together and whatever. Like, right. he was going to be dead. We all knew it was coming. Did that make you not enjoy the film any. That, that's, that's a different comparison because at the time we had never had an R rated bloody Wolverine. So even if he lived at the end of the film, you still got to enjoy it because, like, finally, this is Wolverine. What but you still the point is you knew he was com- you knew it was coming. Okay, if I knew he was gonna, I yeah, I theorized there was a possibility that he would die, but I also had faith that they would do it in a respectful and good way. But that's not my point. The point is you knew it was coming and you still enjoyed the film. There is look for comic book movies, especially like uh, Logan or fucking the Avengers shit. We do expect good fan service, but like we knew Thanos was going to fucking lose an endgame. But what we didn't know was possibly Captain America wielding Milnor. We didn't know. We didn't know that Tony Stark would fucking die. We knew, you know, we knew Thanos was going to die. We knew some shit was going to happen, but there's a difference between fan service to, to make fans happy and then still wow us. We didn't know how Infinity War was going to end. We didn't know. We also did not know that Black Widow was going to die in Endgame. Okay, but all right. Well, then we'll go to a different franchise. You know that Indy's going to get the treasure and get it back. It happens every fucking time. You know Indy's going to succeed and get the treasure. There's no question that Indy's going to get the treasure. And yet... You know, there's different levels of enjoyment from, from, from movie to movie within the franchise, but you still enjoy the films, especially like I, Last Crusade or whatever. Look, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an analogy that I feel works for this. Okay. Jurassic, Jurassic World. Yep. At no point did I think they were they was going to have a big battle with a T-Rex, a raptor, the Indominus Rex, and then have a Mosasaur fucking come out of nowhere and take it down. I was at the edge of my seat watching that film. I it I was surprised. I had no fucking clue. There I there may have been an inkling in my mind where I'm like maybe the T-Rex shows up, but then they they gave it a little cameo, they gave it a little fucking role, but I didn't see the events of how it was going to go happen. It was fan service and they executed well. I don't feel it, to me Men in Black 4 had no fan service. It was just uh, the 
the color by numbers way of filmmaking. You, th they thought they were being slick with the big reveal. They thought they were being slick with the whole switcheroo. It, 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 it was just sort of lazy storytelling at the end. The, the majority of the film was fine. You know, to have, I like Tessa Thompson. I like Chris Hemsworth. I, if they're going to go in this direction, that's fine with me. But I just, I, I think I'm just so tired of lazy writing or film or studio or filmmakers just clashing. It just felt like they could have spent extra 30 minutes trying to wow us. All it was was, hey, this was an hour and a half of kind of the same shit. Two hours. Just, all right, two hours <laughs> of essentially kind of the same shit that we've seen three times already, except this time it's in Europe. I thought it was That's a little really more serious. I thought it was closer to the seriousness of one. Maybe not as dark, but closer to the seriousness of one. No, I, I would liken it as as on par with two and three in terms of tone, but I felt like they like I felt like they could have done more. I would have much preferred a darker film, especially if you have Liam Neeson. Who, you know, they it's not it's not the actor. What did you want them to call an alien and be like, I have a certain specific set of skills? I mean, no, no, obviously not. I'm, I mean, that would be funny. I, again, if Liam Neeson was the agent, you're right. He just whipped out his dick and then just been like, "This is how you stop the." Uh... <laughs> quite, 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 quite. There's no time. Well, I mean, you're, ta you're talking. Of, let me ask you this because this was uh, in an MIB International was not the fourth MIB movie we were supposed to get. We were supposed to get 21 Jump Street with Men in Black. And that sounds god-awful. I agree. I absolutely agree. But it's still possibly on the table. That's yeah. the fucked up thing. Well, maybe, Look, but yeah. It's the same conversation of, like, com of having a crossover of Jurassic Park with The Fast and the Furious. That is a legitimate conversation that actors and studios have discussed i don't want to see that fucking movie i gotta tell you as a fan of fast and the furious neither do i like i i, I no i really as a don't. fan of jurassic park i don't want to see that right, and i'm not and i'm you not can... not a jurassic park fan but if i'm picking one of the two franchises i you know yeah but yeah there there's some franchise like i don't I'm not big into crossovers as much as a lot of people think. Like, you, know, the you want to make a cross? It has yeah. to be right. It has to be, you know, yeah. and, and I agree. I, if I was ever going to get a crossover that I would really want, you know, it, it's somehow you cross part of the DC, current DC, meaning Affleck in the suit with, Correct. with some of the MCU stuff. Like if you get... Batman fighting fucking, you know, Thor or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, but I'll, it, I'll tell you across. I agree. I'll tell you a crossover you can do. You take fucking Men in Black. You have them go up against the aliens or Predators. How, if you're going to fucking yeah, crossover mean, yeah, that. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of those films, but I, I can tell you that that feels like a, a, a more accurate fit. I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I would have more respect for studios that would be like, fuck it. We're going to make a hard R Men in Black movie. We're going to have aliens. We're going to have predators. And we're going to make it dark and gritty and scary, just like the first one was. Don't fucking give me this. If if you went more serious, could you do a Born? Because we've referenced these two franchises. That's why I'm asking. But could you do a Born MIB 
Because they're both secret agencies. So, like, if you took it more serious, that's what I'm saying. You you, you don't make Bourne campier. You take the MIB closer to the Bourne feel, you know. And I, I feel like you already can. You just have a flashback where it was fucking K who neuralized Jason Bourne. That's why he had the fucking amnesia. There you go. Um, yeah, it was the bullet, and he was in Italy. No, bullshit. He fucking he, got he neuralized, neuralized, and then he yeah. became bored again. Um, well, I was going to – what else was I going to bring up? Um, Did you like – did you – I like this, but I feel I get the feeling you probably didn't. Did you like the the Thor nod? I I I I'm not gonna deny that I fucking I, I definitely smiled. Yeah, it wasn't like a laugh could... out loud funniest thing in the movie moment, but it was right. Yeah. I, I I thought it was a cute little fucking nod. I yeah, I had I had nothing against that. I had I look. I felt like Pawnee. Was stupid. I like Camille Nanjiani though. I do. I have I nothing like him. against him, and I'm looking forward to seeing him in fucking what is it? Uh, he's gonna be in the Eternals. The Eternals, yeah. Apparently, he got I fucking nothing... jacked for that too. I'll be really. Oh, he definitely did. That. There's there's yeah. footage of him. Yeah. Um, but that's my point. It just it it looks like I I'm I, I I'm I think. My opinion is is because it's my opinion. I think it's correct, but I think my theory of of the Star Wars comparison is that right now I'm looking at this as a grown ass man who's bitter in life, who's looking at a movie and taking it way too seriously because that's what I expect for my entertainment. Yeah, is how, I expect it to wow me. How is it that I'm 11 years older than you and less bitter? <laughs> I think you're. I think I'm more mature than you. Okay. <laughs> no, I, 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 but you see what I'm saying. Like, I do. Th- the throughout the films, they they are aiming it for kids more. I mean, they like again. If I had seen Men in Black International when I was a kid, I probably would have really enjoyed it. That's the well, difference. I mean, I, I, but if, I also, if I saw Phantom Menace as a grown ass man, I, I do, saying? I do think that your point from Men in Black one and two is very analogous to, and I think you would agree with me on this, to Batman 89 to Batman Returns in that they wanted to sell toys. They wanted to be able to, like, put that put out <laughs> McDonald's things, and you know what I mean? And, yeah, but Batman Returns was the wrong movie to sell toys for. But they, but they did it. You know what I mean? Like, You're right. You know, and then oh they, yeah, dude, the the neuralizer toy was everywhere. Well, no, well, I'm 99. not even talking about yeah, but I'm just talking about like, but there was a whole there was a whole push at I think it was McDonald's, it might have been Burger King, it was one of those two for Men in Black, like much like there was for Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. I remember, and I think we talked about it when we did the Batman Returns commentary. But like, mm-hmm. I remember when you bought a large drink at McDonald's during Batman Returns. The lid of your drink was not that typical plastic lid with like the push down buttons that you stick the straw through. It was a frisbee with a with a replaceable hole. Like you could you could you could pop the thing out to put your straw in, but then you could like snap it back into place so that it would be frisbee. And It, it it was a flying saucer. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, it was a little mini frisbee. I mean, I think they called right. it a flying saucer, but it was a mini frisbee. And right. yeah, and I had like two or three of them because you know whatever. But you know, oh, I remember that. I mean, I I remember you know action figures of K and and sure. and J, and I remember that. Um, and it was the cartoon I I series ha- that you mentioned. You know, yeah. I mean, I think I had uh, Edgar 
bug, the, the bug form, the big giant cockroach. I think I had like a figure of that when I was a you kid. Know, you know what's actually one of the biggest sellers toys-wise from that line that people don't realize? What's up? Mikey. Yeah, you're you're a good that's a good that's a good point. I remember he, his, that. His, his, I remember the car, I remember the toy cuz his flippers were out and there was a little thing on it and you spun it and his flippers would all six flippers would spin when you spun this little dial uh-huh. on. It was uh-huh. kind of I remember that too. Yeah. So, I remember it even just as simple as you know how there are those toys that like if you pressed a button it would uh move yeah. something like yeah. And, yeah. and it was like him compacted with the the cloak over him holding the mikey head and you would like press a button and it would fall off uh, and it would show him like holding the head okay i don't remember that one but i i don't doubt it, it. was I like it was like one. an anamorph or a transformer but it actually had like a lever action if you pressed a button right 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 like like back in the day i had a, a t1000 action figure where it was the T-1000 mid-morph, so he had, like, the blade out, and part of him was silver, the other part was Robert Patrick, and if you pressed a button in, like, his center or something, he would fall apart. Okay. Like, he was, you know, right, falling got, apart of, yeah, like, metal and shit. Yeah, yeah, um, So it was something similar to that. Look, man, I'm not poo-pooing anyone who likes Mission Impossible... Uh, Mission Impossible, fuck me. Uh, Men in Black. That's the other M.I. Um, <laughs> uh, Men in Black 4. I, I get it. I totally get it. I, I just, it, it was just uh, a, a, a departure of what I wanted. And I, again, I'm, I'm the angry movie geek, man. Like I want, I, I like I, to be wowed. I like to be surprised. I, I, my only, and it took a little getting used to, uh, this is my second viewing on international. So it didn't take it. It didn't happen as much this time, but on the first viewing, it was a little off to be watching a movie with the word, the letters MIB in the title or Men in Black in the title and not see Will or Tommy Lee Jones. Like, that was a weird... That took some adjusting, you know? Sure. But once you get past that, in my opinion, then you can... You know, I was able. I was able to still sit back and enjoy the film. I didn't hate Pawnee as much as you. It seems like you did. I didn't. I'm not saying he was my favorite character or anything like that. Um, but I, I didn't hate him as much as you did. Maybe, maybe because I like Kumal. And not that you don't, but I'm just saying because, because I'm such a fan of Kumal's that maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. You know what would have been a, an amazing fucking Men in Black movie? Hmm. The whole thing with fucking Eiffel. Show me that. See yeah. that. That's a bit of a problem I have. Is like where a throwback. There, you know. No, there there are movies where it's like they'll feature an idea that's way better than the movie that you're watching. I want. I do want to. Show, show me that movie. Show me fucking Eiffel as a fucking MIB agent who discovers a wormhole as he's creating the fucking Eiffel Tower. Yeah. That sounds fucking badass. It does. I show me the yeah. fucking. The, the technology they didn't have back then and how they were forced to deal with aliens. They had to use fucking muskets or some shit. Yeah. I um I I wanna talk briefly about the villain from four. And I don't mean No, 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 no. The 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 twins. Okay. Only because I'm a big fan of theirs. I knew okay. who they were before this movie. 
it's the Les Twins. Is that what Le, they are? It's, it's technically Le Twin. Is how Le Twins, yeah. Le yeah, Twins, yeah, because right. they're French. Um, and they are French. It's not Americans being... Preco- or um, What's the word? They're not Canadian. Point? They're actually French. I they you. are actually... Yeah, they're from, from uh, France. I don't think it's Paris. I think it's some town outside of Paris. But yeah. Um... I I was a fan of them. They were on, and and apparently Beyonce fans are a huge fan because they toured with Beyonce for like six years or something. I yeah, they worked on they worked with her and Jay Z. I, I yeah. found out. I I they came on my radar when they were on a a reality show called World of Dance, which is more like a competition show than a reality show. Because I I. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of reality shows that people just sitting there arguing all day. Like, I know I talked about the real world. It's one of the few shows like that that I actually can like. But for the most part, mm-hmm. if I'm watching a reality show of some sort, there's got to be some kind of, like, I don't want to say consequence, but there's, like, a contest People are, or people are making something. Like, there's, like, a – there's more An elimination it. or, or something. Not even, not even always an elimination, but sometimes they're just, like, building stuff. Like, I used to watch this thing called Treehouse Masters where they build treehouses. There's no elimination. It's not a competition. It's just about this company that built treehouses, but they're really fucking good at it, and they make these sure. amazing things, you know. Um, and and World of Dance was a competition show with um, with Jennifer Lopez, um, Neo, and... I forget the last guy's name, but he's he, his sister is a dancer on uh, Dancing with the Stars, which is not one I care as much about. But anyway, and and Latwin uh, competed on the first season of World of Dance and and ultimately mm-hmm. won it. Spoilers, but you know they are mega fucking talented as dancers. Oh, yeah. So I've been a fan of them as dancers for some time now, and actually. And I'm sure you probably don't care about this quite as much as I do. I'm not saying you don't care at all, but there's actually an extra on the DVD for international of them dancing and like at one point, like you know the scene in the club where they're really kind of getting some dancing going on. Like, yeah, yeah apparently yeah. they like rapped, but the music was still playing, so they were still going. And F. Gary Gray just was like, "Fuck, let him go." And people just right. hung out and danced with Latwin for like another like thirty minutes or something, you know. So, you know, I'm I'm definitely not saying they're not talented. They're definitely talented. I can't. I dance. I eat shit. I I, I fucking suck <laughs> as a dancer, and I and I commend anybody who can dance. And these guys definitely have talent. And I thought their dancing moves fit with the alien yes. themes that yeah. they were going for in, yeah. in the same sense of like the, the fucking uh, uh, Paga Laguna, you know, from fifth element, like, yeah. you know, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I buy that, you know, this, there's no chance in hell. Anybody can sing that operatic aria except an alien in the same sense. No one can fucking dance like this except an alien. I give it credit, which is why it fuels the theory and rumors and, and possibilities that like David Bowie and Michael Jackson were all fucking aliens because there you go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I, I had nothing. No, uh, I, I, I had zero I, problem with that. I didn't think you had a problem with that. I, I, I just wanted to, to, to point it out for the audience. Cause I'm, I just think they, because they're not to your point, they're really not the main villain of the film. You know, you don't know that till latter part of the film. They're patsy villains. They're, like they're killing yeah. dudes. They're, they're agents. They're agents of the main villain is what they basically are. You know what I mean? And actually, right. it, it at one point, it's implied that 
they're not part of the the hive at all. That they're there to get the same weapon to do the same thing that that uh, M and and H ultimately end up doing, which is using it to destroy the hive. So correct. You know, so it's 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 at one point they're almost anti heroes. You know, but you just don't figure that out till the latter part of the film because you're right, they are killing motherfuckers. So yeah, and that whole that conversation could have been like. If there was just a, hey, like, we just need this weapon to save our species. And also, by the way, Liam Neeson's a big old dick. No pun intended. <laughs> no, totally intended. Don't even fucking lie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd like to think that the wormhole that Tessa Thompson went through was his urethra. Hey, motherfuckers, get ready for a long closing that us podcasters are obligated to do. I try to make this funny, so bear it all with me. If you're currently listening to this after an episode, then you already know how to find us. But if someone played this for you and you need directions, then you can listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Or simply Google us. Please don't forget to rate and comment. Seriously, we're not just saying that because we want to. We need your acceptance. Also, we do it live! Fuck it! Sorry. What I mean to say is we show off our shenanigans every Friday on getvocal.com slash pod askew. That is vocal spelled V-O-K-L. This is a way for our fans and friends and family to interact with us and occasionally offer to pay for therapy. Catch these interventions at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which is 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Do the math if you're not in either of those time zones. Also, if you happen to like us individually, I do a live reading of books called Rico's Reads. This means I take a look and read a book. Currently, I'm waiting for LeVar Burton to sue my literate ass, but I add funny voices and say fuck a lot. So it's not true plagiarism. So let me tuck your ass in on Thursdays on GetVocal.com at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and for you West Coast dudes, that means 4 p.m. If you want to agree with or yell at us, especially CJ, follow him and me and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, I am at Rance Rico, and CJ is at M underscore blade. Clearly, he put more thought into his username than I. We want to thank Logo Mike for our logo. That's why we call him Logo Mike. The dude is our very own Michelangelo. If you want or need some good art, hit him up at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. We got to give a big sloppy thank you to Samuel Lemons for all the original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at SoundCloud.com slash Samuel dash Lemons. When life gives you Sam Lemons, you better pucker up. And fucking finally, and most important, we have to thank all of you. Well, we don't have to. We want to. It really does mean a lot to CJ and I. You guys have prioritized your time listening to us. We really, really appreciate it. Hang tight for the post-credit. Damn it. I need a smoke. Okay. First, get some contact lenses. Because joints look like they can pick up cable.
haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it.